That right there, ladies and gentlemen, is Camille by Francis Mercer, Idaziz, and Night Freak. You'll see the tie in a little later. See, Dan, that's what you call a segi. A segi. Alright, 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 alright. No, no, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. I appreciate that. It means that what I was gonna play, I'll play a little bit later. Mm-hmm. I'll play a little bit later. But uh, in the meantime, Phil, um, we like to start the show with a throwback viral video. Just to remind ourselves of times gone by. Because Lord knows, no one wants to think about what's going on right now. <laughs> anyway. Uh, tell me, Phil. Does, does this little clip sound familiar to you in any way? Why the f*** you lying? Why you always lying? Mm, oh my God. Stop lying. <laughs> Do you know my favorite part about that song was? An iconic. With that, with, with, at its peak, mm-hmm. it is virality. A DJ played that in the club. And it went Ooh. off. <laughs> Ooh. So, do you, okay. So, here we go. All right. This, this, this goes deep. This goes deep into the internet law. Because if you're wondering where that's from. Do you recall the social network Vine, Phil? Yes, I do indeed. <sighs> you know, we can't blame Elon for this one, just Twitter as a whole, but I, I, I used to enjoy Vine. I used to enjoy Vine. Um, but well, there was a Viner. If you didn't know what Vine was, Vine was essentially... Uh, um, let's just say a much, a much less advanced version of TikTok. The whole idea was short videos, viral moments, a lot of comedian. In fact, a lot of the TikTokers and the biggest like uh, influencers now all started on Vine. Apparently, there was a house in which all of them lived. Anyway, that's another story for another time. The point is, uh, a, a Viner by the name of Nicholas Fraser made a homemade song, and that is a clip from that homemade song. Uh, basically, he took the, the beat for Too Close by Next. And then uh, he, he did his thing. Do you want to hear the rest of the song, Phil? I'm familiar with it, but maybe for the benefit of our listeners. And for Crims, we'll be editing. All right. Uh, yes. So, uh, do you recall, this is no! a Vine video. No! No! Well, I mean, he was a Vine and he made a YouTube video. So, it starts off with a little bit of a skit. So you won't believe the week I just had. Listen, I copped the old white Margellas. I got a foreign, and she ain't born. You feel me? It's a BMW, by the way. Listen, she got big shoes. Hey, guys, you feel me? I can't wait for you to meet this girl. This is the best week I've had. The best week I've had. I wonder if you know that I know he's lying right now. <laughs> oh, you got the new Margellas? <laughs> that's what's up. That's what's up. I that's see. Up. That's, that's your BMW? Mmm, that's nice. That's your girl? Golly. Okay, I see you. But um, I just want to know one thing. Mm. You ready? Why the f*** you lying? Why you always lying? Mm, oh my God. Stop f***ing lying. Always lying to me. You lying so much. So, obviously, not a great song. But an excellent viral moment. Well... Uh, back in 2015, that's when this video was from. Uh, that's when that first appeared on the internet, a very short clip. Uh, and yeah, that became somewhat viral. And then he uploaded the whole video to YouTube shortly thereafter. 
And very quickly, it started getting millions of views. And then people started taking little clips of that and spreading it all over the internet. Just to remind you who he is, his name is Nicholas Fraser. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, that's pretty much it. In case you've ever used that particular clip, we've ever come across it. Um, it should remind you of the social network Vine that we lost. Started on Vine, moved to YouTube. Yeah, we lost yeah, Vine. We still have YouTube. King Batch was funny on Vine. Ooh, then, uh, what's the morning? His, then he had to start doing humor. Instagram. Yeah, once you once hit the seven Your second morning, mark, what? like like after he had do seven seconds, ah, it fell off a cliff, eh? <laughs> Remember that freestyle he dropped? Uh, we we had like all the uh, all the the racist words on tattooed on his body. <laughs> Wait, you don't remember this? Hold on. It was during like the Black Lives Matter. I don't, Matter I don't. Hold on, let me find this thing. Why Why is that a thing? Ah, it, was a, it was just cringe. Very worrying. It was very cringe. Let's see. If, I think our internet has been very slow. Here we go. Black Lives Matter by King Bach. Here we go. They say a black man was killed, but destroying these buildings has to stop. Destroying these buildings is the least of your worries. An innocent black man should never be killed by a cop. They say, Patrick, you shouldn't speak up, man. You might lose some of your brand deals. My people have been dying of injustice for centuries. I don't give a damn how a brand feels. You know what? In my comments, talking about all lives matter. I was about to yeah, as well. Go for it. The word shoot, it's always followed by a ladder. COVID-19 is what they told us to fear. 19 years is what a Minnesota cop called a career. Yeah, that's how many years he was on the force before he killed George Floyd with no remorse, put his knee on his neck without a worry of care while Big Man Floyd was gasping for air. These cops go through life with care and ease. Mm. While one of my brothers pleads, I can't breathe. Quick to do the woe and dance savage on TikTok. But I've been looking at your post. You've been silent, so kick rocks. Kick them. Kick them hard. You want people to think that you're active and woke? Put your money where your mouth is. Go out and vote. Come on, I pie to the people. Tired of living life on a hope and a prayer. Mm-mm. You want to make real change? Vote a good mayor. I know Japan is your politics. I think I think we will stop it there. But um, this is this is this is this is incredible. I, I can't believe you haven't seen this. So like on his chest, like I, 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 I did see it. I did. Oh, see you you, you found it? it oh. It's powerful, right? Yeah. It's no, powerful no, I, it's I, powerful. I you moved, right? And uh, you, you moved, right? Right? Right now, you feel like voting, don't you? You, you, you feel like changing the world. You feel like going out there and protesting, making sure your voice is heard. Hmm. No such thing. Cop. No such thing. Why does he say it's peace so hard? I'm so sorry. Cop. No, Cop. I can't believe you subjected our listeners to that long of that man. And I mean, he used to be fine. Like he, was Fab, he had old Netflix movie. Fine. Yo, that Netflix movie, I tried watching it. I did five minutes. I was like, I can't do it. <laughs> what was it called? Um, the, the sneaker. What is it called? The sneaker something. Something dude's hype beast or something. I don't was know it like what it was. 
Hey, no man. Hey. Anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's uh let's start the show as we like to do. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I have to ask y'all. Good to go. Sound of the Welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast, the Two Broke Twimbos, despite the troubles, trials, and tribulations happening down in Babylon. I'm back one more again with your favorite episode of your favorite podcast. My name is Danny That Guy. Danny That Guy. <laughs> no, no, say, 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 say what? Danny That what? Danny That who? Danny That what? What's going on? What's going on? Look at, look at Dan. You know, celebrating I, Pride Month. You know of- what I mean? Look at Dan. Making sure people know he's an ally. I love it. I love it. Representation. Representation. <laughs> no, in the process of trying to trying to do the you know the whole patois, you know, sometimes guy <laughs> Anyway, aka Janas the bad title, aka Dan aka Denimbi, my life, your entertainment, aka I'm done with these streets. Do I still got money in my nostril account? What? Damn, what's going on, man? Aka Akuna Mumedidanmu. That's right. That's right. He's not only the unmistakable, the irrefutable, the unquestionable, the undeniable. Flint Floss, aka the Big Boss, aka Fita P, aka Sexington Lovu, aka Filthy Phil, aka DJ Mukarad, and of course, welcome back, guys. Welcome back. How are you doing? Are you good? Are you well? Are you strong? Are you blessed? That's wonderful. Nice to see you again. How's your mother? She good? Good to know that. Uh, good Tell to know hi. that you are feeling like that, guys. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good to know that there's some people feeling that. You know, good to know. Good to know. Good to know. Let's start off with Zimbabweans doing it big as usual. We need to have some positivity uh, when we are coming onto this podcast. Before we get into the negativity, because we push and pee over here. So uh, at the beginning of this show, you will know that uh, Phil played something from Night Freak. Well, we want to take this opportunity to celebrate that man. I think we've mentioned him before, but we've never really like really gotten into it. You know what I'm saying? I think it's important that we mm. give him his flowers. So huge shout out to Night Freak. If you're wondering who Night Freak is, Night Freak is a DJ who has uh, gained notoriety from uh, getting into niche genres. Hey, I don't know if, if I'm a piano is still niche, but he's also uh, built a Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Dan, Daddy doesn't do I'm a piano. I'm, I'm just reading his profile in GQ. He DJs Amapiano. Also, Amapiano technically is Afrotech. Nah, they're different. It's one fifteen BPM versus one twenty seven, one twenty five BPM. That's a big difference. Now, I'm now, I'm now, I'm now part of the culture, Dad. I don't know if you know. I'm part of the culture. You know, I'm not the one who interviewed him in a profile in GQ. I'm just reading the words that have been shared with us. Wait, hold on. Was this Kevin? Who, who, who did this? Was this Kevin? Can I give this man his flowers so that we don't spend this time debating about uh, whether uh, I'm a piano? No, but, but it says Afro House has expanded through its various niche genres. 
no, what? This is terrible. That's not right. That is, that is, that is not right. Night Freak um, has really gained notoriety, especially in the realm of Afrotech. Um, uh, if you're wondering who Night Freak is, let me tell you a little bit about him. Night Freak's real name is... <clears throat> I saved it over here. Hold on a second. Night Freak's real name is... I have it here, I have it here, I have it here. Oh my God, why have I lost it? Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Don't edit any of this out, Crims. Don't edit any of this out. <laughs> right, Night Freak's real name is Becky Mabena. Uh, came out of Bloweo, started building his name up as a DJ and recently has blown up in the world of uh, Afrotech. Uh, he's got uh, huge numbers on the streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Music, etc., etc. He's been uh, on the same stage as Diplo and them, and he's doing his thing. Uh, I have to give him a, a huge shout out, actually, because when we talk about Zimbabweans doing it big, this man has really done big things. Uh, so shout out to him. I would love to go to a Night Freak event. You know what I'm saying? There's been several profiles on him. I was going through some of them. I went through the one in GQ and the one in uh, the very, the, the more prestigious uh, Chronicle. In Zimbabwe, mm-hmm. uh, both doing uh, profiles on on Night Freak, and they spoke about some of his ac- accomplishments. Uh, and yeah, and he keeps on building, keeps on growing. The one in the Chronicle is titled uh, "It's now not at house parties, but at world top charts," and that's kind mm. of how he's been doing his things. Um, so huge shout out to Night Freak. Uh, if you want to check out the Afrotech sound, uh, apart from Halu, obviously, who we continue to tell you to, uh, tell you about and tell you to check out, also check out Night Freak. You will be joining uh, millions of people around the world who are also checking out his music. While we're here, let me also give a big shout out to Zimbabwean actor Tongai Chirisa, who was recently revealed as the voice of Chidor in the new Transformers Rise of the Beasts. You remember Beast Wars, Phil? Yes. Yes, well, that has been uh, turned into movie form. We are waiting the, the the movie itself. I've heard it's dropping tomorrow. Transformers, yeah, it's it's just uh, it's, it's along the lines of all other Transformers movies. So impossible to watch. <laughs> Basically, go in there expecting huge explosions and fight scenes. But no but, real story. However, no, this one you can dude, enjoy. The, that's what I'm saying. the fight scenes are impossible to watch. I can't, dude. Every time there's a fight scene, it's like quick cuts. It's, it's just like camera shakes, and you just hear ring, 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 and then there's like 15 <laughs> different angles. You're like, what is happening? Shout out to Tongai Chirisa who recently opened up about it because he couldn't speak about it, obviously because of the NDA. Actually, him telling the story is very interesting. He says there's a story to this. For the usual standard, I had to sign an NDA, so I had no idea what I was reading for. It was only when I was in the booth to do my voiceover that it dawned on me that I was reading for Transformers. Like, what? I totally geeked out in the moment. Man, to say this is mad exciting is an understatement. So thankful, so honored, so blessed. Massive shout out and thank you to Stephen Capel Jr. Stephen Capel Jr. is the director, by the way, of uh, Transformers Rise of the Beasts. And uh, yeah, and there we go. Uh, Zimbabwe's very own Tongai Chirisa plays Chidor in Transformers Rise of the Beasts. When that drops, check it out. Dope, dope, dope. We should maybe, maybe we should do a movie day, Dan. You know, go, go. You know, bring the brails, bring those back. Obviously, it'll be a little different now. People need to pain. But yeah, you know, we should bring back our movie day. <laughs> when, Phil, when should we do movie days? Should we find it in the 26th and 27th hour of the day? I'm thinking that's the best time to do it. What do you think? Ah, do, you know what? 
on a Sunday. On a Sunday. We can we can find a Sunday to just watch a movie. We're busy, but you know, if we don't take a break, then we'll crash. Like what I that that deserved me crashing last week. Like I had, I had to go get rocket fuel and B twelve because I was gone. I was run. Was that not just flu? Stuff away. Hmm. Tell me that wasn't just the bug that was going around because there's been a flu bug that's going around. No, I, I was just I was just exhausted, and then my immune system shut down, and then I did get a bit of a flu, but it was mostly just because I was exhausted. Like there was one day I, I was trying to get up, I could not get up. Even today, today, today it took me two hours. Like I was up, but I was still asleep. And I was like, okay, maybe I need more coffee. And I had a cup of coffee. And I was like, okay, stop working. Maybe I have another coffee. And I was like, oh, stop working. You know, and I was like, you know, maybe the coffee in my house isn't good anymore. So I went to the coffee shop and I got like a double espresso. And I was like, it still didn't kick in. Then I went and I, and I got an iced coffee with sugar. Then I was like, finally, I woke up at like 2 p.m. So this podcast might be five hours because the coffee is going to kick in. No, this podcast is definitely not going to be five hours. I mean, we can leave Phil monologuing if that's what you'd like. Uh, uh, maybe some of our listeners would like. Let's do it. I'll be like Stephen A. Williams. Zion Williamson. <laughs> My brother, let me talk to you right now, Zion. What are you doing, brother? What are you doing, Zion? <laughs> Listen, let's catch up from previous episodes. We should not be talking about basketball stars and porn stars. Um, Look, Dad, we've got a sports ago. segment that we have been discussing in the Patreon group. Yes, in the Patreon group, not on the podcast. We've never had a sports segment. What are you talking about? We need to bring it. We need to, you know, we need to give people a, a teaser so that they no. become subscribers. Our sports segment in the in the Patreon the... has become a very big hit. Who are the I majority of our supporters on this podcast? I actually feel bad because the sports has taken over the conversation Patreon group. <laughs> I was going to say, who are the majority of our supporters on this podcast? Sporty, sporty, bouncy people. Eh, you see now. Yeah, bouncy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, okay, this is a little bit of an interesting story. You know, we like to keep an eye on the entertainment industry as a whole. This is a global entertainment industry. By that, I mean America. Um, if you will recall, Hollywood has been having a rough couple of weeks because the Writers Guild of America went on strike. Uh, they have some issues. We tried to speak a little bit about it. I hope you guys understood what we were talking about. When I listened back to that, I was like, hey, man, someone who hasn't really paid attention to the story are just hearing us talk nonsense. Like if you don't know some things. It's always always good to like spark. Then they'll be like, you know, let's let's do some research so we understand the jokes. I think that's good. You know, it's good. Well, so uh, just as a quick refresher, in case you're wondering what we're talking about, the Writers Guild of America, which comprises the majority of uh, writers behind the biggest TV shows and movies that you know and love, have gone on strike because they feel that they're not earning their fair wage. Uh, There's a very complicated story behind it that involves streaming services versus it coming out on uh, network television and the fact that they felt at first that they were going to get money, but then they were not getting money. On top of that, the threat of AI potentially taking their writing jobs, which honestly is probably not going to happen for a while. But anyway, so yeah, so they they went on strike. Um, In fact, what you may not know is there were three strikes facing the movie movie and TV industry, not only the Writers Guild of America, but some other guilds as well, including the Directors Guild of America. The Directors Guild of America is obviously movie and TV show directors who also went behind the Writers Guild of America and they were like, we are right behind you because we are facing the same problems. We'll be on strike together. Well, there was a huge U-turn this past week because the Directors Guild of America announced that uh, they had come to an agreement with Hollywood's major studios and they would be going back to work. And the writers felt like, yo, whoa, I thought we all agreed that we're in this together until everyone is, is happy. And they're like, ah, uh, 
Yeah, you know, y'all scabs. Do your thing. Uh, we getting out. Scabs. <laughs> scabs. How did they? Scabs. So, so yeah, so they're basically getting more money, plus they're going to get residuals from streaming, which didn't exist before. So they're happy. Directors are happy. Directors are ready to start going back to work. So we can expect to see some worse movies than have already existed. By the way, I watched Shazam the other day. Why would uh-huh. you do that then? So we, you claim you have no time, but you have time to watch Shazam. Of all the limited time you have in the day to sit in front of a TV and watch a movie, you so, chose Shazam. There's no way I'm not going to watch because I'm, I'm already invested in the comic book movie world. I am a nerd but about it. It's I dead, enjoy it. Dan. It's been rendered dead. I am familiar, but I still can't not watch it. So I have a list of things that I need to catch up on. I'm super behind. I didn't even finish, I didn't even finish what you call it, Ant-Man, Quantumania. Because, hey, uh, even I felt bad when I was making the Madam watch that. I was like, look, I'm sorry. We can watch what you want now. And I'm going to have to find time to finish it myself. Because honestly, it was, it was a lot. I, movies have not been great. Apart from everything, every all at once. And I can't think of a good movie I've watched in a long time. To be fair, I haven't watched many movies in a long time. But the point is, the Directors Guild of America Batman was good. have Batman uh, was made good. an agreement Batman with Hollywood good. Studios. Batman. Mm, Baron was good. Is that what you said? Yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah, that was a good movie. I enjoyed that. Anyway, so yeah, so this is interesting because I mean, what do you want them? They're striking because they want something. They are offered that something, so they must continue striking so someone else gets something. I mean, in a perfect world, sure, but <clears throat> y'all do your thing. We we good over here. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> of course, it's kind of like a divide and conquer because Writers are always the most looked down upon, but uh, yeah. Anyway, that's the situation. So um, let's see how that pans out. All right, Philip. Let's get into our discussion points for this week. Look, um, as we said in our last episode, we are the ombudsman of technology. Mm. But this week, we're not not talking about AI. We're talking about Mm -hmm. AR. There is some I involved, but it's the one in your head. Speak on again. This week, we had WWDC, uh, which is mm-hmm. Apple's developer conference. Wait, uh, I thought it was a pay-per-view match between Randy Orton and The Rock. What? Close. Very close. Very close. Uh, previously, it was mainly of interest to developers because Apple would announce upcoming projects so that developers would start creating apps and products for those projects, i.e., Guys, down the line, we're going to have some kind of uh, Mac studio and we need uh, some kind of software that will run on that. Oh, great. But over the years, um, Apple has started using that as a place to announce uh, all their hardware, including iPhones, MacBooks, and something called the Vision Pro. So before I get to the Vision Pro, uh, Apple went through there. I actually watched... Almost 75% of WWDC. I just sort of had it on the TV in the background. I was like, oh, wow. I, I literally said out loud, damn, technology has peaked. Because how can you have the whole CEO of Apple up there talking about stickers in, in iMessages? Like he's literally talking about, oh, you can now long press and add a sticker. It's like, bro, that's like a bonus to the bonus bonus that you don't even really mention. You discover that it exists when you watch a TikTok that someone posted on Twitter. But, that was what they were talking about. Oh, iOS 17 is going to have stickers. I was like, damn, bro. Then they announced the MacBook uh, Air 15-inch, which I thought was pretty cool, but I was hoping it would be much cheaper than it was. Anyway, 
Oh, good. Yeah, here's uh, just a, here's the stuff. Thing. We we wouldn't. I don't. I don't interrupt you, but I, uh, this has been weighing on my spirit, and I think it's important mm-hmm. to ask you now. Doesn't Tim Cook sound a lot like Mr. Garrison from South Park? He one sounds more thing. very much like that. <laughs> I knew I wasn't the only one that noticed it. <laughs> very much like that. Anyway, after announcing new MacBook, they announced the new, oh, they announced the new Mac Pro, which is very interesting, which has got the M2 chip in it. And they announced M2 Ultra. Eh, Honestly, if that was all they announced, we wouldn't have said a word about it on the podcast today. Then they announced something called the Vision Pro. If you're unfamiliar or if you haven't seen all the memes about it yet, it's essentially uh, Apple's foray into the world of mixed reality. They called it augmented reality. But I mean, I suppose it's somewhere in between augmented and and virtual reality. It's uh, basically a set of goggles you put on your face. And uh, as a whole lot going on, man. Sure. With, this has obviously led to a lot of discussion. A lot of discussion was around the price point. It was, uh, it was priced at $3,500, set to drop sometime next year. Um, and yeah, and obviously that release was made for developers to start building apps, start building uh, products that can be used in the Vision Pro. Um, I already saw some of your comments in the group, Phil. Um, but you didn't watch WWDC. After having watched at least some reviews of the product or a summary of the, of the convention, <clears throat> what are your thoughts on Apple's new Vision Pro? Is it revolutionary? Is it the new direction in which computing is going? They call it spatial computing, by the way. Or is this... First of all, I, I find it fascinating that Google, Microsoft have gone headfirst. I mean, Microsoft dabbled a little bit with uh, with VR, obviously, but they've obviously gone headfirst oh, head into first. AI. <laughs> yeah. They've they've they they they've gone headfirst into AI. Apple and oh. Facebook have gone headfirst into VR and AR. So which is going to be the next big thing? Is it going to be both? Is it going to be a combination well, of the two? Is the is the caveat then? Here's the caveat. Um, Google went headfirst into AR, and then people that wore their product were getting beaten up. No, but that wasn't headfirst. That was like a project. You know, it was like Google always has tons of projects. It's not like they invested billions into it, like Apple has but, done. But, Fair, but they tried it and they failed. And yeah. Microsoft HoloLens has been making progress. Obviously, not as fast as people expected, but it's making progress. Uh, but I still don't see it being a consumer product. Facebook has lost. I I, I think they've wiped two hundred billion dollars for in market cap and expenditure, trying to develop into Meta and failing, and now they've doubled back. And now we're seeing Apple do the same. I think Apple should have done a better job with tempering expectations. They already kind of did, but I don't know if you saw just through that announcement. Through that announcement, Apple lost almost a hundred billion dollars in market value. When uh, and there was there was a, a, a breakdown. I was an, an article I was reading in Bloomberg of during the keynote when people realized there was no major product, or people thought there was no major product towards the end, like the market cap started dropping. And then when they saw the Vision Pro, it, it spiked a little. And then when they announced the price, it dropped again. <laughs> <laughs> so, so to, to be fair, it, that's $100 billion out of $3 trillion, So Yeah. So, so looking at it. Anyway. Mm. I'll obviously, I can't say anything until I try it. Because I felt the same. I remember I felt the same way about the Apple Watch. I felt the same way about the, the iPad. And then when I used them, I was like, oh, I get it. 
iPad, not really. iPad was kind of like a novelty until like the iPad 2 came. iPad 2, iPad Air. That's when it started really getting, like making sense as a product. But because at my old job, I would just have these things for free anyway for testing. I was like a beta tester pretty much. So like even Apple Watch. Mm. Apple Watch, I was, it was almost like I was looking for a reason to have it. There were days I'd, I'd wake up and I'd forget to put it on and I wouldn't remember... I haven't had it until I realized, wait a minute, why haven't I been distracted 55 times? Oh, yes, that's right. I, I don't have an Apple Watch buzzing on my wrist. So I'll see, man. I think I think making anything definitive right now, we'll see. But the it hasn't addressed any of the problems that have plagued HoloLens. It hasn't addressed any of the problems that have plagued Meta. It's done them in, 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 in different ways. So the, the major problem with HoloLens is HoloLens almost does feature-wise pretty much everything that Apple are promising, it just doesn't have the the, the um, ecosystem tie-in to the Apple suite. And it seems like Apple have figured out the field of vision. Um, HoloLens is a very narrow field of vision and it's the screen's not as high resolution as the Vision Pro on Apple. I think but, that But they're completely different products, by the way. They're completely, and they, they're completely different products with different, there's a similarity, obviously, in, in uh, the, the general field as a whole, but... HoloLens and the Vision Pro in the way they've been put forward are complete. You can't, it's, it's, it, you can't compare. It's almost like comparing, um, I don't know, it's like comparing a landline and a phone. Not to imply okay. that one is more advanced. How, how would you say, they, how, how would you say they're different? different? So to you, how are they different? Okay. All right. So um, HoloLens is 100% VR. What? No, no, and, no. And, HoloLens is AR. You're confusing my guy. HoloLens is AR. No, HoloLens is virtual reality, man. That's that, that's oh, the whole I'm, idea I'm, behind it. HoloLens is remove yourself from where you are now and put yourself in a completely new world. AR, which is augmented reality. No, no, no. Is, HoloLens, I'm, I'm even looking it up now, dog. Hol, look, HoloLens is an augmented reality. I was, thought I was confused. Yes, HoloLens is AR, dude. I've, I've got demos in my head. I, I remember seeing them. HoloLens is AR. I'm looking at it right now. From the Microsoft website, it says it's an it's a augmented reality mixed reality, which is exactly what Vision Pro is. Okay, okay, it is it is mixed reality, I suppose. And to me, okay, hold on, let me just do a quick let me do a quick read up. I read a very fascinating thread on Twitter where someone who had worked on Microsoft Hololens was commenting on uh, on the Vision Pro, and then people were responding, or the one person started responding and saying, "You're mixing up things." So that's why I'm basing this on. But hold on, give me a second. Da 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 Hololens. Man, where am I? Anyway, okay, that's besides the point. Um, I think what what I want to look at it is like right now, as we sit, it's so difficult to fathom what we could possibly use this for. It's like, bruh, it's like, yeah, when when the when the novelty factor wears off, what are you going to use it for? You're going to watch a movie so, on it? Oh, that might be cool, you know that that might be cool to a certain extent, but I would I would think that. I'm different to the majority. I think the majority of people do not fully immerse themselves into, into, uh, into movies. I do. I like, I, I rewind if I miss something. You know what I mean? I will rewind. I will, I will put mm-hmm. the volume loud enough so I don't miss any words. I want to, I want to be completely immersed, but I think the majority. And that's why I have subtitles. Example, so I can hear. Exactly. So I put subtitles so I can hear better. Yeah. <laughs> subtitles so you can hear better. Like when I watch with my wife, my wife will be like, you know, she'll be on her phone. She'll walk out of the room. I'm like, you want me to pause? She's like, no, I'm cool. I'm like, are you watching? It's like, yeah, yeah. I, 
So I think that's mo- like I think most people are kind of like that. They watch it, but are not completely immersed. So I, I can't imagine that someone would prefer to put on these goggles, Im- like erase the whole world and have these screens, let alone the fact that what you normally want to watch with someone else, watch with your significant other, watch with your family, watch with your friends, all of that. So I, I can't think of an immediate use case. Gaming, ah, there's potential and all no. of that. But I, again, it's... Is it a it's gaming device? If it was put forward as a gaming device, that's a whole different conversation, but that's not what it was put forward as. So it's difficult to see what the use case scenario is. But at some point, that use case scenario is going to show itself. Just like you described with the, the Apple Watch or the, or the iPad. When they first come out, it's like, bro, why do you want a bigger phone? Just use your phone. Why would you want a bigger phone? Or use your laptop. But then when at some point, after it's been out for a while, people are like, oh, damn, you actually can use this. Damn, this is actually a successful product. Or the Apple Watch. Man, what, what do you need this for? Eventually, it got its niche use and whatever. I, I do think that this is like, this is obviously like step one, step two, step three of what's going to happen in the near future, what the next plan is, what the next level of computing is. Um, for a long time, people have been talking about wearables because the phone, the phone is, you can't, you can't innovate the phone anymore. It's like Max. The best thing you can do is just give it more power, better camera, better uh, RAM. Yeah, the next one's going to have more power, better battery, better camera, better RAM. There's, there's nothing else you can do with it. So we have to move to the, whatever the next thing is. And wearables are probably what it's going to be. At some point, that huge goggle thing, and it's probably going to take a decade plus, is going to turn into just a, a specs that you put on your face. So I don't know. I, it's in, I'm so, fascinated to see where the world's going to go. At the moment, I just don't see exactly what you would I would love a pair, but I like, I'm going to spend a Honda Fit to buy it. So, while, while I, was, I was looking it up and proving you wrong once again, I think ex- <laughs> Apple is, is they're trying Apple. to position this as a, as, a dire- as a direct competitor to the HoloLens. But what Microsoft have done is they shifted HoloLens from a consumer product to an enterprise product. So like even all the imaging, all the advertising, the website, it's all like, how, this is how you can use it in industry. I can use it in, in, in medical fields, blah, 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 blah. And in those aspects, it's actually very, very helpful because it, it can train medical students on, these are the organs. This, this is the vein. This is how you um, can remove a tumor, that type of thing. And the same thing with, with industrial tech. Apple went more for consumer, on the consumer tech, but pretty much the same, um, how would I say? mixed reality presentation that Apple have already, um, that Microsoft have developed, they've just done it the Apple way. I, I, I need to use it, but ultimately the thing that no one has still addressed is I do think Apple have the capacity because of their, their key chips. I mean, their chips and eventually they, they are going to start fabbing them. I think unless, unless they really locked on TCMC, that's where the power is. The M2 chip is, is far more powerful than what the HoloLens has. The M3 chip is going to be way more powerful than whatever ARM produces for the HoloLens, unless Intel get their act together or Microsoft figures out how to start um, um, fabbing their own chips. And that's the advantage Apple has. However, it's still a solution looking for a problem because if you figure out how to reduce the size and weight of this massive set of ski goggles that we've got on our head and you can find a way to integrate the battery and everything and it's all self-powered. That's one problem solved. The next thing is, what is the use case? Outside of accessibility, 
And that's immediately like when I was watching it, I was like, oh, snap, this would be amazing. Can you imagine like if you've got cerebral palsy and you've, you've been limited in what you can do. And up until now, like the only way you could move your wheelchair or control the environment or anything was through breathing or moving your tongue and stuff like that. Now all you need is put this on and with, with the movement of your eyes, you can now work, communicate, like act, uh, participate, like, like now full on. I, you can, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, I can, I can imagine like someone designing an app. Granted, there might be some safety concerns, but can you imagine like designing an app that works with eye movement in the Vision Pro and moves your wheelchair? Now, now you're less reliant on on, on, on a second mm-hmm. party. To me, that's like an amazing use case. And at three point five, considering how much like it costs to have that type of assistance that someone with those serious um, injuries might need, that makes sense. But if it's just so I can I can watch a movie and be fully immersed, uh, it's a novelty, yeah. But am I spending three point five? It reminds me. It's it's like it's like three D glasses. I remember like when three D came out. I, I had a friend who bought, and he'd always call me over. And the thing is, with like the way three D works was, if we were sitting on the couch, we literally had to be cuddling straight on to enjoy three D. If I went to the left. I was out of range and it wasn't 3D anymore. And if you went to the right, it wasn't 3D anymore. And I think this is the similar thing with Vision Pro. Maybe Apple will surprise me, but for now, I think it's a nice piece of tech, but I think it's a nice piece of tech searching for a solution. I think, so oh, you're right. You know what? I've actually been completely misunderstanding what a HoloLens this whole time is. <laughs> and... This this is has this is this is fundamentally changing my view of Microsoft. But anyway, another story. Yeah, for and you, you notice the price of the Hololens. Did you? I sent you a screenshot. Look at the price of the Hololens and look at the price of Vision Pro. Apple knew what they were doing. Yeah, the screenshot you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So same price. Okay. When when the iPhone dropped, what was the use case? It was. A browser, an iPod, uh, what else did he say? An email <laughs> device. Well, what I think the, the, the iPhone did was, it was a sea change because the keyboard was no longer a physical part of the device. And it integrated everything that Apple had done separately, which was pretty good because you had the iPod. So if you had an iPod. But, okay, but but my, my point in raising this, iPod. by the way. Hmm. Yeah, my point in raising this, by the way. IPod. I'm trying to say that um, at the time, it was a revolutionary product in that it changed a, con- a computing, pl- like an I- the idea of computing. It wasn't solving a problem. There was no problem. We could phone. We had an iPod that played music. We could type on a, on a keyboard. On It wasn't the first smartphone, obviously, but I think it, it, uh, it um, mainstreamed the idea of smartphones. So what that iPhone revolutionized was a new space for computing. It's no longer the computer on your desk. You can now have a computer in your hand. When it first dropped, everyone was like, bro, what would I use this for? I already play music. I want to separate. In fact, there was a very famous article that was written by a very respected journalist. I've forgotten his name. But at the time, he was very respected. And he was like, "This, the iPhone is going to be a flop because people don't John want... Was this John I can't remember his name. People don't want to mix their music and their browsing and their... They want separate devices for each. 
obviously that was wrong. In it's it's easy to look in hindsight, but I think a lot of people at the time were like, "Bro, who wants this? Is not solving any problems. Should you be curing cancer or something?" And here we are, a, you know, a, a solid decade plus later, and not not even a decade, decade and a half later, and the world of computing has changed. The majority of computing now happens in people's hands. The majority of browsing, the majority of everything happens in people's hands. So the the, the idea here is, where is the next uh, platform for computing going to be? Is it going to be on a headset? I don't know. I'm thinking it's possible. John C. Dvorak. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, mm. It's possible that it could be a headset. Maybe it won't be. Maybe it will be some people for a while thought it would be it would be a voice assistance that we're no longer going to be typing and browsing or whatever. It's now going to be a complete conversation with voice assistants. That might still happen, especially with the rise of large language models and the improvement of AI and machine learning and whatever. And then now we're going to get voice assistants that are able to. So instead of typing and watching a screen, you're going to be having conversations and getting conversation back. And maybe that's what the next computing is going to be. Or maybe it's going to be a headset that you put on your head. If ever you want to do computing, you wear the, the, the Vision Pro 12. And at that point, it's just a set of glasses that you wear all the time anyway that you completely see through. Uh, everyone is just walking around with glasses. Maybe that's what the, what the next thing is going to be. I don't know. But I think this is a necessary first step to figure out what the next platform for computing is. So while I agree right now, there doesn't seem to be a very obvious use case apart from a few niche spaces like medical, maybe gaming. Um, in general, I think the, 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 the monumentous nature of this announcement is what it means for the future. It's not guaranteed, obviously. And I have my questions, but I, it did feel in my head a little bit, and maybe that's just Apple's good marketing. It did feel like, a, like, like, like there was a disturbance in the force. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, whoa, something's happening here. Some, something so that I never felt. Yeah. Let, let me be clear. I do believe we're, we're trying to figure out the form factor of the next computer or how it's going to work or how it's going to look. And obviously a consumer device and entertainment device and, and so forth. I do think this is step one. I do think eventually it's it's either going to be a mixed reality um, device like um, like the one in, what's it called? Demon. I'm, forget, I'm forgetting the author's name. Um, where, where you got like a heads up display. And I think a Black Mirror also did an episode on it where like above someone you'd see like the the information, like what their social yeah. score is, what their name is, blah, 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 blah. And you need some device to interpret that. So I think this is definitely one branch in what the future of computing can look like. I don't think that's the issue. My issue is, is this the right time or is this the way to do it? Because it's not like we've also, we can't divorce ourselves from the realities of capitalism and the realities of Wall Street. Because Apple is a publicly traded company there are consequences to being too early to market. There are also consequences to being too late to market. And I'm not sure, maybe Apple will prove me wrong, that the technology that they think is going to power this direction is ready to go to market yet. That's the only thing. Um, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to try it out. So we'll see early next year. Um, I'll see who, who, who I can rob and, and get, get my hands on this thing. And then... We'll, we'll give it a try. But I think one of the, its biggest negative selling points, and you touched on it earlier, Dan, when you're talking about the use cases is, remember the video? There's the video of the dad and he's at his children's birthday party and there's, there's two siblings playing. And he's, not, he's capturing it with, yep. the, with the Vision Pro. 
which look from his perspective looks amazing. But then it now cuts to a second angle and you see the father and you've got this man wearing these giant ski goggles. And it's like he's divorced from what's happening in front of him. Even though those goggles have the weird LEDs that replicate your eyes and it looks like a cartoon. I, st- I don't know. I think, I think it's going to take some getting used to. Are we ready yeah, to no, live that was, in that was, that, was a, that was a miss. That was a miss. <laughs> that was a miss. It, it's like, if you remember, literally just before announcing, before going to the Vision Pro, or you didn't watch WWDC. Okay. No, I watched, um, I watched the compressed before, version. I watched All right. So just before they announced the Vision Pro, they brought out someone to come and discuss uh, two new features of iOS 17, which was um, uh, mental. One was mental health. And the other one was uh, something to do about like go outside and uh, it will remind you to go outside every certain amount of time or whatever. And the other one was, it's going to be like a, a journaling system uh, within iOS, which uh, encourages mm-hmm. you to journal through your day because studies have shown that journaling is good for your mental health, et cetera, et cetera. So they literally just spoke about, you know, uh, we're going to make products that encourage you to go outside and, you know, interact with the world and with people around you because it's better for your health and your mental health. And uh, also like a journal and just like, you know, Tear yourself away from technology uh, a little bit. Anyway, our next product, capture the whole world around you wearing this product 24-7. It's like, guys, 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 can you not see the disconnect? Yeah. Because, yeah, I am just, I'm so curious to see what's going to happen. Obviously, nothing's going to happen this year. But next year, when the, when the device actually releases, I'm going to be so curious to see what apps were developed and what products were developed around it. And if there's going to be that one app that everyone's like, you know what, damn, I didn't even think about that. I need this product. I need to save up. I need to get financing so I can buy this, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then I'm now, I'm so curious to see in 2024, 2025, 2026, the Vision Pro 3 fits in, in no longer has to have a, a, an external battery. It actually uses wireless charging coming through from your iPhone 17. You know, mm, going straight well, to your goggles that now just look like swimmer goggles. While it microwaves all your critical organs. I am curious to see what's going to happen. I'm, I am excited to see the spread of technology. Um, I will have to say, listeners of Two Broke Turnbows, um, if every one of you slightly increases the amount that you're contributing to this podcast, we can begin saving now to buy um, podcast vision pros that we will then be able to sample and give you firsthand experiences of how it works. In fact, perhaps we'll even be able to host the podcast from within Vision OS or whatever it is. I don't know if you saw the... That just There's a lot of like weirdness what, going there, but anyway. That just sounds like what Facebook was selling. That, that didn't work out for me. We will be... What, what I will say though, while not discussing the, the... I mean, if we have gone past the whole use case and so on and so on, I will say it is very impressive tech. Super impressive tech. The, we, the we, have, we, have, we haven't seen it in actuality though. from what they claim obviously from the claim from the claims and I mean I don't know if you watched uh, MKBHD's review he got to try it out and he was like yo like the eye tracking and the the um, sensors and all of that were honestly very impressive and as much as it looks dorky I can see they tried their best to make it look as as 
as don't punch me as possible. Anyway, we shall keep a close eye, ladies and gentlemen, as the ombudsman of technology for you, and we'll let you know what's going on. Uh, if you'd like to find out more about it, um, send us money so we can buy it and try it out for you. Okay, uh, some Gaga stories, Philip. Uh, let's save the Zima Awards for our We Outside segment because we <laughs> both attended that. Okay. Let's talk about some Gaga <laughs> stories. Uh, first of all, shout out to Nati O, who's been on a tear lately. He's been touring Europe and was supposed to be in Zambia and did a no show. What's going on there? The story is that uh, Nati O apparently missed an opportunity to perform live at the Philip Hero Stadium concert uh, in Zambia. It was hosted by Yo Maps, um, a musician out in Zambia. Um, so he was scheduled for that performance. It turns it apparently the story is that he arrived late and missed his time slot and was unable to perform. Um, his publicist, August Mepo. Um, said it was due to logistical challenges. The team arrived in Zambia late because they had a show the previous day in Vuluweo. So connecting from the city of Kings to Zambia took time. Um, and then Nati O uh, apologized, saying he would try not to repeat the same mistake in the future. Says no one has control of life's eventualities, but yes, I will make sure I diligently try to safeguard such from happening going forward. Why is this a story? Uh, hmm? Why is Natio missing a flight? I mean, we 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 we're, we're just uh, it's it's I don't know. Phil. We're paying attention to what's happening. It's gaga ga Phil. This is what's happening. Natio. Okay. okay, I okay. Let me tell you why this is a story. And I didn't say it because Natio is my guy. I love Natio, and I will support him as much as possible. But the worry is Natio is now blown up. Does that mean he is no longer as hungry as he once was because he missed the show? I would like to say these, these things happen. I don't believe that's the case. I think it was just a case, as he said, of the <clears throat> worries. He was late for the show and unfortunately he was unable to perform. He apologized. We move on. But I can understand why some people might think like, whoa, Nati O is now A-list. Is he a diva now? I don't think so. People come here for the real world. Mm, All right. Um, let's go to fire emoji. I think everything else, yeah, we just give it a skip. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you think about uh, Davido calling uh, Burner Boy a new act? <laughs> I find it hilarious. I like that. I like the little jotting. What did he say? <laughs> he was doing some, honestly, he was doing a little interview and he was like, listen, me and WizKid started this. Uh, it was really difficult back then, but now I, I I like the fact that it's opened up and we can see some of these newer acts like Burner Boy and Drema and all of that that are coming into the game. Uh, I think not Dan, you're not doing tabloid misquotations. When you when you put it in context like that, he's not being shady. He's he's saying he's saying Burner Boy came after me, which is fair. I'm just saying some people felt that he was being shady. But let me, let me look I also for don't it see so it as can, a problem. You, you can actually let me, let me let me look for it so you hear it. Hold on, let me connect here. Yeah? I have the I have the clip here, and you can listen to it directly, and then you can make your own uh, your own decision. I don't think he was being shady. I'm just saying some people felt so. Here we go. Everybody knows now. I was one of the first. Me and Whiskey blowed up. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it feels good. You know what I'm saying? Seeing that, then it feels good also seeing the new cats coming up. 
You know, so like Burner Boy, Rema, Fireboy, um, Mayo Kuhn. You know, a lot of new cats coming, killing it. Ashake. Nah, come on, guys. From my album. Guys. People were mad, bro. I'm just telling you, people were mad. Anyway, that's not a story on here. I just thought of, I saw it earlier when we were preparing for the podcast. <laughs> I don't think he was being shady, but some people felt like, oh, he's trying to start something with Burner Boy. But it's true, Burner Boy did come after Davido and Whiskey. So, and it does sound like he's not being shady. He's just saying, like, you know. Anyway, uh, Dude, speaking of um, Burner Boy, Burner Boy just sold out Tottenham Stadium, bro. 80,000 people. Yeah, he had more people at his show than Beyonce, bruh. <laughs> See, now oh, you're trying to start something. <laughs> no, but it's a fact. But it's also because Beyonce was doing two nights and obviously logistically, blah, 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 blah. But still, I, I had a lot of friends that were there and they were like, it was an incredible show. He brought out a lot of big acts. Um, he brought out Skepta. He brought out Stormzy. He brought out J-Hus. So brought, I think he brought out Dave as well. So shout out to Burner, man. I mean... You see, you see, once again, the 2BT bump. We saw him a year, a year ago to this day, by the way. It was literally a year ago. You know, we gave him that elevation he needed. You know, that boost. You know what I'm saying? And he took that back with him. That, that was all us. Look. That was all us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All us. So, okay, let's talk about this uh, fire emoji story. Um, so this is very, it's like breaking, breaking. So I don't have all the details. Um, but... The story that has been going around is that, um, okay, let me give you some background. As you know, Fire Emoji was the standout hip-hop song, or at least one of, arguably the standout hip-hop song of 2022. That song has three artists on it. Brian Jack, Leo Magos, and Phil, give me the other one. Phil, give me the other one. Wow, I feel bad now. Brian, Brian Jack, Leo Magos, and Zorro. <laughs> Brian Jack, Brian Jack on this. Uh, Brian Jack, Leo Magos, and Bling Four. Sorry, Bling Four. No disrespect intended. Um, ever since that song, the the rap Bling Four and Brian Jack were rappers. Leo Magos is the one who was doing the actual fire emoji, fire emoji chorus, and you know mm-hmm. bridge, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now uh, that song obviously won tons of awards, and it was a little bit weird that Leo Magos was always the one listed as the person, and he was always the one who was collecting the awards. But anyway, that's not a big story, you know. There was, I guess, these guys were not obviously they were not very clear when they first made the song who actually owns the song. They probably didn't do split sheets, all of that. Da, 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 da. Anyway, the point is there was a screenshot going around of a discussion about the fact that uh, Fire Emoji was actually written by other people, uh, was originally meant for other artists. And the beat belonged to someone else. And then if you remember, there was a remix, which was the hip hop remix. That one was then owned by Zim Celebs. And then there was the dancehall remix, which was owned by other people. Um, so yeah, so there's been uh, accusations that Leo Magos is claiming and winning awards for something that actually isn't even his. Now, like I said, I don't have all the details yet because this is a story that came, that dropped today, like literally today as we're recording. Um, so I've just looked at a little bit of the discussion around it. Uh, I haven't had a chance to like dig deeper into it or speak to people, but it did trigger in me the, first of all, the, the, the memories that why was it always that Leo Magos was the one mentioned, or even whenever they spoke about the song, sometimes it was Leo Magos featuring, but I don't think that's how it's, it's, um, you know, that's how it's posited on the DSPs. So there's a little bit of a question about that song and its ownership and um, 
you know, all of that behind it. I don't know if you have any other details, Philip. More details are irrelevant because, hey, this is conjecture. B, I'm a, how, like, how, how, how much you want me to turn up on this rant? Like, you want me to keep it chill? So people come here for the real, real. People, people come here for the real, real. <clears throat> if you've got no paperwork, if you guys didn't bother to have split seats, you didn't bother to sign an agreement to say who is the main artist, who's the featured artist, who owns the copyright to the song, who's paid for the studio time. If you guys hadn't bothered to clarify that, you deserve what you get. But I, I don't understand. We keep coming back to the same thing. And Oskid was talking about last week. And I don't want, I don't, I don't want to go in on Oskid. Oskid is at, at, at the, the very foundation of taking Zim Dancehall to the, the, the phase it's at now. Oskid has been on the, the producer for some of the biggest songs of our lifetimes. 20, 30, 40 years from now, we are going to be playing Oskid songs and those are going to be the soundtracks to our lives. And you know what the sad thing is? Oskid is not going to see a cent for those songs because Oskid is not respecting his own copyright. There's a, there's, <sighs> yeah. a, there's, a, there's, a photo, there's a photo that Oskid put up and a lot of these producers do. I, I don't want to single them out, but... There was a photo I saw of Oskid's studio particularly and there was a massive receipt book, right? And mm-hmm. on one side, someone would be like, oh, wow, that's good. Like, look at Oskid. He's running it like a business. He's being professional. He's got a receipt book. On the other side, I'm like, oh my God. So if, if you are charging up front, are you relinquishing your compositional rights to the song? Because for background, Oskid um, produced a song on Ja Praise's album. Um, and then he said, I wasn't credited for this. And he released a photo of him um, apparently recording the song in, the, in his studio. And to me, I would then retort, uh, if I was a manager, for example, and say, what does it matter? You're a producer. Show me the split sheets. As long as you're credited on the composition, and if you want to be diligent about it, your 12% on the performance, right? Whether or not you're credited publicly, nothing. if we go to the, the back credits, have you been acknowledged as the composer of the song? Yes or no? I bet we're still collecting our royalties. If you're not collecting your royalties at this stage in your career, it's your fault. I don't understand how as a producer, you invest in your craft, you invest in your equipment, you invest in your studio, you invest as a business. This is what Oskid does day in, day out. That's how he pays his bills. And you have not figured out how to maximize your ability to, to maximize your talent. You're a talent. People come to you because you are talented. Why are you shortchanging yourself? The same thing with this. I think we can excuse it because they, they, they're young kids. Maybe Leo Magos is, 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 the, is the most business savvy of them. Maybe that's the case. But even in that instance, I, I, I don't like having discussions that are based on like conjecture because there's no names to that conversation. There's, the artists themselves haven't come out and said, hey, this and the third. If they come out with the producers, if Zoro comes out and says, yo, actually, yeah. So Zero comes out and says, uh, yeah, that beat was so-and-so or this was so-and-so. Fair and fine. But that still doesn't take away from the fact that just because you wrote it, you are entitled to uh, a percentage of it, but it discounts everything else that was done to make the song a hit. The music video, the, the verses around it, the picking of the, the, the chorus and matching it with the beat, the performance of it, the promotion of it. 
like fire emoji as in songs that could be as big as that drop every week. The difference is how many people get to hear those songs and vibe to them and resonate with them. And that's ultimately like my whole frustration with both of these cases. It's like, guys, at what point are we going to start taking this seriously and start operating like a business? Because we're not going to get to the next level. And it's frustrating because I'm now in it as well. And I'm dealing with this. I'm not even going to mention names, but I'll put it you this way. One day, one day I'll call them out. But one of my artists did a song with an established artist. So artist was excited. I was like, I bet do your thing. Bam. Song was done. Now, a couple of weeks go by and I'll go to the manager because we've now linked to the manager. I'm like, hey, uh, can we finalize the split sheets? Dan, you would have thought I asked to sleep with his wife. No, that's how I do. That's what the agreement will do a song for song. I'm like, no, nah, no, my G. Like, what mandate is this? And eventually, like, I pinned them into a corner and they basically sold themselves out. And this artist basically registered the song and took 100% of the publishing. I was like, I bet, you know what, it's cool. At least now I know never to deal with you guys and your ilk again. But at least the conversation was had. So if I ever want to turn up in the future and be messy, I'll just release the conversation and be like, yeah, but bless, what here up. If if we want, we can, we, we can make it an issue, but I'm not going to make it right because it's not worth it. You know what I mean? I'm going to be fighting over what? Maybe two, three hundred bucks. But if it becomes a hit, trust and believe, I'm going to be back at them and be like, yo, we want our money. But these are the necessary conversations these people need to be having. Why is Oskid waiting for the album to drop before he's realized? Before you leave the studio. I think Dan, you're even there. Silent has learned this. Silent will, will come to the studio and it's like, okay, am I going to be featured? Am I getting my studio fee? And am I being credited as a composer? What is my percentage? Bam. We've agreed on it. Cool. Now let me record. That's what it should be. Why aren't people taking this seriously? You know what I think? I think it's it, obviously afterwards, it's, it's much easier to discuss this. But I imagine these young hip hop cats, 18, 19, 20, I don't know how old they are, but you know, young hip hop guys meet every day at the studio probably churn out hits every day. I mean, songs every day. Most of them are, you know, mediocre, won't really see the light of day. They're just in there. You know, they're trying to, they're trying to build themselves. They're trying to uh, work on their craft and they're just putting, you know, they, they, they sit with the producer. They look for beats on YouTube. They put something like, damn, send this to your homie. Damn, that's lit. In the process of doing that, they somehow make fire emoji, which becomes the biggest song in the country. Now, looking back, there's discussions about who owns it, who owns... Honestly, Phil, as much as it should be done that way, there is no way that these small studios that have people come in multiple times every day, the majority of songs recorded in there are never even going to see the light of day, let alone be a hit. They're not even going to be released. There's no way these people are signing split sheets for every song. I think, I think what's um, probably a lot more practical is the moment you smell that something is picking up steam, go and get signatures from everyone. No, that's terrible. Um, I, I don't want to. I know. I know it's not advice. ideal. No, 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 it's not even. That, that's terrible advice because you know what happens. The moment it starts picking up steam, artists know when they have a hit. People start yep. misremembering things. There's a reason why Jerusalem is still in dispute till today, which means they've be, they've been no payouts outside of the mechanicals till today because Noam was like, mm, guys, no, I wrote this, this, this. And then Open Mike was like, no, 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 but you did this, this, and this. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I did this, this, and this. 
when you make it practice. And I gave the, I gave the example of silent for that very reason. Having a conversation about splits, it literally takes two minutes. It, it's, it's not even this, this massive encompass. It's not even reading a contract or nothing. It's simply like, hey guys, you don't even, like you leave the studio. Hey guys, so I did the, the hook, right? Cool. Like this is, this is not that down. Bam. So we agree. A split sheet doesn't even have to be a legal contract. It can literally be um, a WhatsApp group message and everyone agrees. And we just say, okay guys, right now, as it currently stands with this mix, are these the percentages? Are we, are we happy with that? Cool. And then, and then, and then you, you move on with your day. And, the, and that's not a difficult practice. In the same way you message, guys, Murku Studio, Bo, guys, okay, I did my verse. What, what, what are we saying on the composition? 30%, bo. And we move on. That's the issue there. So that at least everyone knows where they stand. Because now, after the song is done, there, there are more serious conversations that need to be had. All right, guys, who, who's the lead artist on this song? How, which distributor are we dropping with? Whose account with the distributor are we using for this? Who's collecting the royalties? Who's dispersing the royalties? These are the conversations that should be being had that aren't being had. And once again, I don't want to belabor it too much on this because all we're doing is basing it on anonymous screenshots. For all we know, that could be a fabricated conversation. There's no way to prove it, right? And that's the, that, that's the, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I think as a practical example, with all this, Zero, as the producer, no matter what, he's owed a percentage of both the mechanicals and the composition. Is he collecting that? Does he know how much he's supposed to collect? Has he asked for a statement? There've been three reporting periods since. Has he, has he, has he gone to, has he gone to Zimura? Has he gone to Samro? And he said, yo guys, I've got this song that I registered. I think in that screenshot, the, the, there's now the remixes and they said that so-and-so owns this, so-and-so owns that. What does that ownership entail? Did they pay for the studio time? Did they buy the rights outright? What was surrendered? Was it the mechanical or the composition? These are the conversations artists should become fluent in having because our industry is still not an industry. If you are saying the biggest song, like, and I don't, I don't even want to go down this road, but we might end up having a situation where we do, where if we now have to have a conversation with Leo Marcos or any other artist, I mean, like, yo guys, this is the biggest hip hop song that has probably ever been dropped in Zim. And that's not hyperbole. I'm not talking about like cultural impact. I'm just talking about in terms of sheer number and reach. This might be the biggest song that's ever dropped. The original and the remix. And then we go to Leo and like, okay, my guy, how much have you collected off this song? Can they say? Can they not say? Well, you know what I mean? These are, these are the questions we should ask. It would be interesting to hear the answer to that question actually. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll be genuinely asking, like, oh, by the way, so it, it dropped on the Letter Z Factory YouTube page. Um, who, who's collecting the mechanicals on that page? Who's collecting the AdSense on that page? Huh? Phil, what's AdSense? Ah, oh, okay. So, so someone is, trust me, someone's collecting the AdSense. If you don't know what AdSense is, then someone else is collecting it for you. Trust me. I, I hear you. You're right. You should have all those conversations before. But Phil, have you ever been to the, you've been to these studios. You've seen what yeah. it's like. I've been to these studios and I have these conversations. So what I'm not speaking, I'm not speaking out of, like, I'm not speaking from a theoretical standpoint. If you make the rule, though, and the reason why I brought up the example of the receipt book, it's that's the exact same thing because Andy, for that receipt book to have use and for it to be realized, it is go through the Oskids photos. You might see it. it's a huge receipt book, but I, I know it. I've seen for it. him I've to use it. that. Andy, 
for him to use that, and there has to be a conversation either before or after the recording. Uh, Oscar, I need to record the session. I'd okay, go. that's this that's is my a different con- session. If Ja Praiser comes to your studio, obviously you must have those conversations. I'm talking about kids, an unknown, no, somewhat unknown. Mm. No, Dan, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I, what I'm saying to you is, as we're now we're we're now OGs, Dan. I think we, we're now entering that phase in our lives. We're OGs. We we need to. And I I had a I had a, I had a really good meeting with a, with a young artist that's doing well. And like we chatted for like three hours, and then I think this artist thought I was trying to manage him, and I was like, "No, I don't. I genuinely don't have the capacity to manage you." So it's like, "So why did you have this meeting?" I was like, "From the way I came up, the way I grew up is the game is to be so told, not sold. Like if I see this talent here, I see this potential, and I know I can give you advice. You can take it or not, but if I know I've got advice that you can use and and move yourself forward." I've done my job. That's it. Like, I'm not doing this for anything else outside of that. And obviously, if you if you become successful, that that's a plus to me because I'll always have that, be able to make that phone call and be like, hey, yo, can you do me a favor? Because, and you'll be like, ah, you know what? We're, when I was still up and coming, Phil gave me the time of day, helped me, helped me there, blah, blah, blah. So it's a win-win for everyone. And that's what I'm trying to say here. I'm, if you're a young artist and you're listening to this, if you want, I can, I can send you. Uh, I'm going to put them online this week anyway because I, I, I have to get started on it. But, if you want, message me, DM me, or I'll put them on the website. In fact, they, they're on the um, the Point Black website. Just go to the Point Black website and search split sheets. They're there. You can download for free. Just if you can, carry it to the studio. I've even got a digital version that you can fill out on Adobe on your phone. You just put it on, your, on WhatsApp. You can fill it out, bam, send it back and forth. Or you can go to our former guests, multiafrica.com. There are split sheets there. All you have to do is go to the website, put your name and your ID number and your email address. It'll email you the contract. You don't even have to leave your phone. And at least there, there's some documentation and you've, you've become used to the practice of if, okay, now I'm, I'm detracting, but it's a bigger conversation because it, it, it comes up again and again. What I try to teach artists is this. As an artist, you are, you are the CEO of your company, whatever the, your artist's name is. So if you're Dan, you're the CEO of Danny That Guy Music, right? Danny That Guy Music produces a product. Your product is the music. So that product is like a box of cereal. You, you are now taking that box of cereal to market. If that box of cereal tastes good, people are going to want to buy it. But you need to be able to track how many people are buying my cereal. What flavors should I be making? You know what I mean? What what adjustments should I be making to the recipe? Should I be making adjustments? Should I collaborate with this other, this other cereal brand and make like a super cereal? And when we do that, do we not have agreements in place? Whoever selling cornflakes right now in the supermarket has an agreement with the supermarket. The supermarket has receipts that they send back to the people who make the cornflakes and say, hey, listen, we sold this amount of product. We owe you this much. Come collect. Or we're going to send it via bank transfer. The same thing here. First and foremost, the, uh, the conversation about the quality of your product will, will have another day. But when you start realizing that you're selling a product, you cannot collaborate with others and make a product without having an agreement in place because how are you making your money? How are you diving up the spoils? Yes, you, you might be running to, to make live shows, but guys, live shows in Zim do not pay. If you're a hip-hop act in Zim, you're fighting for between $50 and 500 a show. If you get to the vault and holy 10 level, yeah, you're probably going to be going above a grand. But your ceiling is going to be like, a, your hard ceiling is probably like three grand a show. And, the, and that's like your A-grade shows. 
Now run the numbers and divide that by the amount of shows you're doing. How many people are in your crew? How many people need to be fed? How many outfits you need to buy? Cost of travel, cost of maintenance, cost of music production, ETC. Do you guys want to be pinching pennies all your lives or do you want to be making real money? Rant over. (laughs) I hear you. I'm just saying that makes sense. Or Skid's level, Jar Praises level, absolutely. Leo Magoza's level now, post making that song, 100%. When they were just chilling in the studio, hanging out, having a good time, nah, 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 nah. I'm telling you, download split sheets over. We recorded 12 songs today. Uh, now we are somewhat drunk and whatever. You know, no one really has any money in this group. Uh, no one got a manager. You know, but we're just trying to figure things out. We're trying to make the next na 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 na. Oh, we must fill in split sheets. Don't even. That's not going to happen, bro. No. So, what I'm what I'm saying is, best case scenario is get into the practice of making split sheets. Fair and fine. That situation happened, and it happens quite a, a few times. That's also fair and fine. But once, as as you rightfully said, granted that that shouldn't be the standard, but at the very least, it should be something that should be undertaken. When you realize you have a hit, you should call everyone like Shark Boys. We've got a hit here. To make sure we don't have any issues in the future, let's sit down and have a conversation. It might be an uncomfortable conversation, but it's a conversation that we need to have nonetheless. That's what I'm saying. So, okay, maybe I phrased it wrong when I said when you first see it blowing up. I'm saying the moment you realize that we've got a hit, sit with everyone and then start having that conversation. But that conversation is going to be more, if you're not in the practice of it, it's going to be more difficult when you have a hit than when you don't. Because when you have a hit, people misremember. I've, I've seen it myself. Where people are like, no, but I wrote this and I did this, so I'm entitled to more. Because everyone is going to want a bigger piece of, of, of a pie that people want to buy. And that's what I'm saying. If you get into the practice of, of doing it before, and sometimes it can even just be a blanket statement. You, then you were there, like the studio. We just had a blanket agreement. Like, listen, the moment you cross these doors and into the studio, whatever you write, Whoever else is on the song, it's a fair split. We're not even going to negotiate. It's a fair split. We don't care if Dan comes in and says poop on the chorus. Dan is entitled to the same percentage as everyone else. And that simplifies things. And that can also be something that to do. But at least understand that. Because that's stage one. We haven't even got to like the the rights side. Because that's that's something we glossed over. Because in no, none of these conversations, no one is talking about, yo, who's collecting the rights on this? Who's collecting the money on this? Because a, a, a million a million views on YouTube with Zimbabwe, uh, without CRM, you're looking at between 800 and 1.5. That's just on AdSense. Then on the mechanical side, you're probably going to do maybe a grand to two grand. How, uh, however many million streams it's done, do the numbers. Fire emoji, right? Now, it's already stent. Well, multiple stents. Somewhere, somewhere, somehow, or fire emoji. But is it Leo Magos, Blingvo, and Brian Jack? Hmm. And Zero? Hmm. <sighs> tough times. Tough times in the industry. Anyway, look, uh, what you're saying is right. And I'm not, I'm not trying to imply that it's not or anything like that. Absolutely. I'm just trying to think of what the situation on the ground is. On the ground. 
but what we I'm saying is still, we, you know? we need it, it, it's beholden to us to train people on the ground on how to move and how to do things because once again this is your business this is your lifestyle this is your livelihood rather yeah so operate as such Right, Philip. Let's 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 uh, let's talk about being outside. <laughs> I actually thought this would be the biggest chunk of our podcast, but here we are. We are we are already, you know, an hour and a half into the podcast. And <sighs> okay, <clears throat> so um, we did promise you that we would give you back a, a full review of the Zima Awards, Zimbabwe Music Awards, the biggest purely music awards ceremony in the country, um, probably. Look, I don't know, these things are subjective, so let me not get uh, too deep in trying to measure it. But the Zimbabwe Music Awards were held this past weekend. Um, they were at uh, Seven Arts in Avondale. Both Phil and I were in attendance. Uh, we were sitting in the VIP section. We were able to observe everything. In fact, I even was backstage. Mm, tell us how you got backstage, Dan. I want to start this off by saying... <laughs> We are going to be honest, Redu, and I'm not going to attack any people. And I'm going to try my best to also look at the positive because we're trying to push P. As hard as it is to find, there are some positives that I will mention. Also, we, we've spoken about this before. Phil and I are plugged into the industry, so we know the people involved. In some cases, we are friends. Listen, my friend, mm-hmm. if you are listening to this, please view it as constructive criticism for you to grow into the next event, right? We, we, we love you, Kush. <laughs> Honestly, mad love. And I'm always there to help and support. And I was there to support. So this is not an attack on you. In fact, what mm, I will I say, say is, I saw you got a personal shout out. You got a shout out even. That was nice. That was nice. Where, uh, shout out where? She posted, she did a post. She was like, yo, I just want to thank all the real people in the industry. We had my bag and not the snakes, GGG. And then she she ran through a list. I like, didn't see hey, Danny, that guy. Why, why didn't I see that? <laughs> Damn, I missed that. All right, cool. Anyway, so let me, let me start by being as fair as possible. The same thing happened with the Namas. The first year that Napoleon took over. And I think it's safe to say that Napoleon has done really well with raising the quality of the Namas. It still has some issues, no doubt. But every year, he's gotten more and more successful with it. So I think it's fair to say that even the first year that the Namas were held under Napoleon, it, it's almost like you couldn't see that much of a difference. There's, with, the, with where the Zimas were, and they were in a very bad place, there's no way that all of that was going to be fixed in one year. right? Mm-hmm. So I want to acknowledge that and say, I'm not sitting here thinking that it was going to be a perfect show. I was expecting that there was a lot of legacy issues and you're going to have to try and fix a lot of things behind the scenes bit by bit. This year should be better. Next year should be better. The following year should be better until we get to a stage where we're like, you know what? Now we're talking about a good awards show and the problems that we're discussing on this podcast are, you know, they should have done this instead of that and whatever, whatever. But I do want to acknowledge that the first year of a project is obviously not the the 100% solution. Secondly, Phil, you and I remember the Zimas last year. An unmitigated disaster. Mm-hmm. Legit, through the show, there were periods of up to 30 minutes or more of silence. The MCs decided to leave halfway through the show and then people had to go and persuade them to come back. The DJ was throwing gunshots that were incredibly loud to the point of, of like 
literal pain in your ears. There was so much mix up with the videos and the, it was so bad. Last year. I still have trauma. I still have trauma. <laughs> Hearing that sound too. takes me back to a dark time. Last year, the Simas were an unmitigated disaster. This year was an improvement on that. Although someone did say at least last year they fed us. So there's that. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> I didn't want to. <laughs> but I will say in terms of the, the program itself, yo, it was pretty tight because we were done. But remember, we looked at the time and it was like, yo, this is 10 o'clock and we're done. So there was no like... We, we, did, we did start two hours late though. It wasn't two hours late, Phil, to be fair. It, we were told six to seven is the red carpet. And then the show was supposed to start at seven. It ended up starting. It was still not yet eight, but it was closer to eight. So it was, it was pretty much an hour late. Maybe 45 minutes late. Again, incredible improvement over last year, but still not ideal. Um, so you know what? There is some positive to be said there. We, the, the show was at Seven Arts. We had already spoken about how, you know, we had already spoken about that place as a venue. Not great. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. It's not. It's, 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 it's not a great venue at all. I mean, I'm trying to think about the best approach. It. I think, so, legacy issues aside, I also had some like real frustrations because um, as, 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 as listeners and Dan knows, my label was nominated, like our artists were nominated for awards. And initially when we were first nominated, I, I sent a message to their Instagram page to get a response. I then tasked my PA to try to reach out. She didn't get a response. Then sent an email the week off. Um, and the only reason I remembered that the Zemo's even happening that week Granted, I think maybe I'd blocked out the date because they had been running a lot of ads on social media. So I'd see the ads, but I wouldn't register. Oh, snap, that's actually this weekend. The only time I saw it was, uh, I think it was the Wednesday. I saw Lady K posting that, hey, I'm about to catch a flight to Zim for the Zimmers. I can't wait to see the Zimmers. I was like, oh, snap, this weekend. Okay. And I hit you up then as well, remember? I was like, yo, have you heard from the Zimmers? And you're like, no, I haven't. And then we doubled down. And eventually, we got our tickets on Saturday afternoon. Keep in mind, Saturday this night. is, and keep in mind, this is tickets for the artist, the nominee, and I actively had to chase them. And I remember last year, last year I was sitting at the table with a bunch of um, foreigners who, this was like their first time attending and they were like, hey, what's happening with these awards? I can give us a lot. And I was like, what you're going to understand and what you're going to see here is not a lot of artists are going to attend. And they were like, why? And I was even breaking it down from a lot of these artists that are attending, these guys, and at that time last year, it was summer season. Like Right now, these guys are coming out of the pandemic. We finally now have no restrictions on live shows. So there's a backlog of live shows. There's pent up desire to see live shows. Artists who are nominated more than likely, if you're nominated for Zima, you're popular enough to have regular bookings. So if I'm faced with the option of paid gig, attend a award show, I'm going to go for the paid gig. And that was my excuse last year. 
This year now having even more inside information, that still stands. But now the, the addition is, if you are actively not reaching out to artists to remind them of their, their nomination and requesting that they attend, they're not going to attend. And how many awards did we see given out on Saturday without the artists accepting the award? And that is, not only is it just bad for the night, it, it takes away from the last of the night, but it takes away from the credibility of the awards because the viewers, attendees, artists that are there or watching now see, wait a minute, if these artists don't bother to attend, why should we care about these awards? Not only that, if their representatives go on stage without a prepared speech, go on stage looking like they just popped out to buy some milk at the shops. Why would people care about your award show? I mean, we, we can go into the nitty gritties, but I think like, to me, that's the, the biggest concern I had. Outside of everything else, that was the biggest concern. It's like, if you're not actively advocating for this, and the thing that was doubly frustrating is, and it's not a shot at Kush, is Kush was doing a lot of media, which is great. Like she was on a massive media tour. I saw on all the TV stations. I saw on all the radio stations. That is great. You're promoting the awards. But while you're doing that publicly, behind the scenes, your team should be in lockstep with you, making sure that artists are attending. The artists that are performing at the awards, why are they not accompanying you to these interviews? Giving them a platform so that they can also push and, and give you another avenue. You know what I mean? Like, the, if, I were, if, I were, if I were there or running them, there's, there's things we would have done differently. I mean, we also discussed, like, making sure you have an advocate or an, an A&R or someone who's, like, re- speaking to the artist. That, that wasn't there. And I think that was also part of the problem. And it, it, was, it was disappointing. Uh, the other stuff, I don't want to dig into it because it will just seem like I'm, I'm, I'm now just ripping into them, but Ultimately, I think that was the major takeaway. Um, to be fair, she had booked artists for interviews, at least on our radio station. She had booked uh, that there were supposed to be artists who were coming for, for interviews to promo. Uh, and then it ended up being just her. So, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they didn't to- turn up or I don't know what might have happened behind the scenes. Um, and look, like I said, there's legacy issues. It's not like, this, you know, the Zimas, even artists themselves came into this year with feelings about the Zimas from last year. So there's a lot that she would have had to overcome. Um, the other thing, while I'm still on the positives, before I move to the negatives, the other thing that I'll mention is there were two, two performances that re- I actually really enjoyed. And those are from the two artists from Bulawayo, Nolun to Jay and Miso yes. Seven. Yes. Killed their performances. Loved them. Amazing performances. And I'm told, and I missed this one because I was backstage for this one, but I'm told that, uh, uh, I don't know who it was, but the, whoever the lady opened up with the Mbira was, she was also really dope. Yeah, those were really good performances. But I, I don't know who that was, but yeah. Okay. Um, a lot of things will obviously not be in your control because the reason I was backstage, by the way, just so you know, is because someone didn't show up who was supposed to give uh, an award. So whoever the person was who was supposed to hand over the award, I, I don't know. 
So, and apparently just it wasn't just that one person because there were, mm-hmm. no, there were several that didn't show up. That, Again, that, like, that kind of speaks know, to my point. That kind of speaks to my point though. Yeah. And, and, and uh, sometimes you don't have full control over that. You can, you can take the route that the Namas took, which is to lock people down with, um, like there were, there was, uh, honestly, I don't know how people were invited because I was not one of them. So again, let me not get into conjecture, but I do know there was rehearsals and at the rehearsals, we were all expected to come. And there was, you know, there was someone who was assigned to us to remind us to an almost annoying degree. Please don't forget. Please don't forget there's rehearsals. Please don't forget there's rehearsals. You're required to be at rehearsals. I was almost like, damn, I'm, was, was I'm this, coming. Was, was for the Zimmers? This was for the Namas. Remember, oh, yes, I, I wasn't yes, really involved uh, yes. with the Zimmers. Yeah. Yes. And so, you, you see, I think you, 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 you're touching on my point, but from the other side, that's exactly what I'm saying. You need someone who's a bugaboo for all yeah. the artists that are there. Are you coming? Are you coming? Why aren't you coming? Sha, please, can you come? No, come on. No, we've got you. We've got you VIP seating. No, please, please, please. Like, ah, no, sha. Okay. Thank you. Because the other thing is, you saw behind us, and I don't know how many tickets they sold. It did not enough. a lot. Yeah, yeah. And and that is part of the problem. So you now have got a product that at the end of the day, you're asking, I, I think maybe the Zimas need to ask themselves, is they need to sit down and stop and be like, okay, guys, who are the Zimas for? Are we doing this, this award show to celebrate the artists? Are we doing this to provide a platform are we making a TV spectacle or live streaming spectacle? Like what, what is our purpose? And let's double down on that because right now I don't even know. It, it, to me, it's like an also, it just become, it's, it's become an also rant. It's like, okay, it's, it's just another award show. But what is significant about the Zimas now? Yeah. I, I, again, I don't know if it was on any TV platform apart from streaming. Um, so there weren't that many people there. It wasn't really, on, I don't know. I don't know about all of that now. Um, there's a review of this on uh, newszimbabwe.com by uh, Darlington Gatsi. Who says Zimbabwe Music Awards has once again failed to extricate itself from the quagmire that it is trapped in. A new team led by vibrant Fungai Kushfirawa and experienced Marshall Shonai not wave its magic wand and breathe new life into the Zimas. Yeah, so this one's a bit of a rough one. Um, it, so this this review says, uh, at quick glance, one could not escape the sight of a congested and chaotic red carpet. Um, while the red carpet is a major highlight, I don't know. Piling further, piling further misery on the organizers, there was a momentary blackout on the red carpet, leaving hosts Mboma Hawks and Lillian Majgara stranded. I, the hosts did good. Did, the hosts did well, if I think back. Uh, the red carpet hosts were, they were like cool and feisty and funny and whatever. And then the, the hosts on the stage, uh, which was Ahmad and Becky were also, I mean, they did, they did their job professionally. They were good, I think. Um, yeah, I, I would say the hosts did well. Um, mm, were you there when there was this blackout? Uh, I, I think I was, I was waiting for you. Yes, there was a period where there was a bit of quiet, but I was outside because Dan was late, and he had tickets with my name on it. But I had other tickets, and I but I didn't want to leave the tickets with my name because then it would be a bad look. Anyway, it's fine. Uh, we we got it eventually. <laughs> but yeah, shout out to Sherman for the joke of the night. Ah, uh, that. Shit. <laughs> 
<laughs> During a moment of silence, nonetheless, bruh. <laughs> you know, there must be people that, that think we are such assholes. Where they must, must, they must look, yeah. <laughs> no, but we're safe, Phil, because we're sitting near my titi and she has, she was making a lot of noise. So I don't yeah. think people really pay attention. Shout out to my titi and Andy Cutter. <laughs> Um, the tickets for the event were 20 bucks. Um, shouldn't have been, should have been, short, uh, should have been less than that, I think. Um, but also you, you've not, you're not going to play this weird game where like you don't want to drop the price too low because then it's going to, it's going to affect the quality of the audience. Cause then now if you, if you've got like a, a still, um, there was no audience. The only people there were invited guests and, Nominated yeah, but people, also, but but we, we go back to like in this day and age. Like I don't even think selling tickets to an award show doesn't make sense to me. It 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 has never made sense, but especially in, in this day and age, it makes no sense to me. Unless you you your award show is sixty to seventy percent performances and thirty percent awards, and then like most of the awards are handed out before the quote unquote show actually begins. Like the Grammys, but okay. The Grammys, let me let, let me let me propose a potential scenario where that where it does make sense. Okay, your award show is prestigious and glamorous enough that uh, it's going to be showcased on TV. It's going to be showcased on you know some 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 platforms around the, uh, the around you know different places. There are also going to be a lot of celebrities who are going to attend, uh, uh, go down the red carpet, and they're going to be wearing uh, incredible outfits, and it's going to be very very glamorous. There will also be a few uh, um, award, um, a few performances. That is enough to, uh, of a selling point for people to buy tickets. If I know I'm going to see Japrez there, I'm going to see Winky D there, I'm going to see Ms. Red there, I'm going to see Madame Boss there, I follow all these people on social media. Oh my God, I'm going to be in the same space as them. If I only pay 20 bucks, I'm down. Um, obviously, I understand in terms of the quality of the audience and all of that. If you're able to sell 500 tickets, at twenty bucks each, you've raised yourself a a cool ten uh, a cool ten k to help offset some of your costs. So I no, can but, see why you would have a section, uh, and especially also because you also want to have like people who are celebrating and people who are shouting for their faves and na 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 na. So you do want to have a crowd there anyway that are aside from industry air quotes industry people. Why not monetize that if you already have that glam factor? So the problem is you have to build the glam factor and you have to make sure the celebs are there <clears throat> and you have to demonstrate from last year that the celebs were there and the highlights are there. And Hey, if you're lucky, you might even be able to get a selfie with uh, Madame boss and, and uh, yeah, yeah, good vibes and whatever the case is. So, I mean, I can see the, the, the case for selling tickets to an award show. Obviously it shouldn't be the entire audience. There's going to be a large section of the audience that is the nominees, uh, invited guests, uh, industry people, and maybe even, uh, um, you know, paid actors who are in there to scream when they're supposed to scream and stuff like that. But I you do are, see a case you, for you kind of, you kind of, a, I, I can't think of any example. I'm not going to put you on the spot, but I can't think of any example of a, of a current award show un, 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 unless it's the absolute pinnacle that is selling tickets and selling them successfully. Like, and I mean, you mean like globally? I think to, yeah. And I think to get to that level, Everything that you said has to be done. Sun selling tickets. They have to make sure they have to invite. They, they need a database of everyone in the industry. And if your success rate is twenty percent, bo, at least we're at fifty percent capacity. The rest, 
we're, 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 we're going to universities. We're going to art schools. We're going and, we, and we're going and we're giving them tickets and saying, yo, you guys are, are going to be practitioners in this industry. Figure it out amongst yourselves. Here's a hundred tickets. We'll see you on the night. Yeah. And those are the people that are going to care. They're going to get dressed up. They're going to be hyped. They're going to be excited because to them, they're like in five to 10 years, these are going to be my future colleagues and they will take the time to attend. But if you are now wanting Joe Schmo of the street, especially in this economy, when the rate is doing what it's doing, to be like, yo, I want to sacrifice my time to maybe go to this event. And oh, wait, who's on the lineup? Let's not, and I'm not saying this to be shady or anything, but if you're not an industry insider, you look at the list of performers. To me, that's what going to be one up spend $20 on a ticket. And I'm not being shady. I'm just being factual. Because if I go to Bulawayo, I, for $5, I can see Mzo, I can see Lolunt. If I'm in Arare, that's yeah, Phil, but it. that's not because that's the, the the selling point is not the performances. The selling point no, but, is the glam, the celebrity, the entertainment lifestyle. No, but, so but I just then, did a quick Google yeah, here, by the way. But hold on, let me let me interject there because you're also deprecating yeah. the fact that that has be, that has become commodified. I can see Miss Red Instagram. It is just so when she does a live, I can open her comments and join her on a live. Like the barrier to communication, the barrier to entry is lower. So you have to do a better job of selling me that because it's not like there's mystery and mystique anymore. These people are accessible. What are you giving me outside of that? Like, I'm sure there are people who would gladly spend $20 just to sniff the same hair as a celeb. Maybe, maybe that those people exist. Sure. But are those, you, are those your target audience? Is, is that the core of, of your buyer no, persona? Phil, okay. I'm not talking about creepy stalkers. I'm talking about. I'm not talking about okay. creepy stalkers. I'm talking about people that care enough to pay. I'm not talking about creepy stalkers. As, 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 as you are now, would you buy if you were in the states? Uh, would you, if you could, would you buy a ticket to the Billboard Awards? No. You just so happen to be in the states. You're in the very area that the Billboard Awards are being held. Tickets are for sale. Fifty bucks. Well, that that depends. I'm, I'm not a ten. If, even if I was like okay, and. It's it's a weird question to her. It's also difficult for me to answer because I can only answer from my perspective and it's hard to divorce myself. If I, I was want to hear your perspective, yeah. If I was attending and I was like, okay, like right now at the stage I'm at in my career, I would put the $50 down and it wouldn't be for that. It would just be like networking opportunities. I'm going to be in a room of my peers. It's like paying for, to attend a music conference, essentially like that. Let me, let me see, let me, let me understand. Let me do some market research. Let me see if there's some people I can network with while I'm there for $50. If I'm already there. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's exactly why you're, I you're said, not gonna, you're not, when I, you're not going to be, you're not going to be sitting in that section. You're going to be sitting no. in the public section. But by the way, I just sent you a, I just sent you a link. I, I did a quick, I did a, Oh no, I haven't sent it to you. I did a quick search of uh, tip. Most awards shows you can buy tickets to. Even the Grammys sell tickets, but you have to be a a, a, a member to be a able member. To buy it, yes, yeah, and that's but exactly the premise other, I was mentioning. So I was like, at the stage that the Zimas are at now, for them to get to the point where they want people to buy, they need to give, they need to fill up that, they need to fill up that hole, and then you make sure that 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 award show is as well attended and is as tight as possible, and then that will, will be stage one. Then stage two is alright. We filled up the hole. Now let's make sure all the A-listers attend. Bam, we've done that. I right, cool. Let's make I, I would, sure that yeah, A-listers, A-listers attending is absolutely crucial. So look, Kush, if you're listening to this, I would say for next year, the number one priority is to ensure that all your nominees, as far as is reasonable, and not just the nominees, but anyone who's anything, absolutely must attend. 
I, I, you, you're going to have to figure out what it is to get them to, because that's the only way that you'll get the eyeballs you want. Um, that's the only way you'll get the conversation afterwards, the trending, the, and that's the only way that your sponsors will continue happily pouring money into the event because we got a million impressions and we know that for the next, for the next three, four weeks, people are going to be talking about, did you see Ningi's dress? Oh my God, Ningi came with Ningi. Are they now dating? Wow, you should have seen that performance. It was incredible. Or damn, this person was snubbed. That kind of long tail conversation that happens weeks afterwards is completely valuable, obviously, to sponsors. People are going to want to take selfies on uh, hopefully uh, uh, a, a nicer backdrop than the one we had, which is just sponsors, but something that will at least give the sponsors some sort of value. But at the same time, will will people will happily post that on their Instagram and reshare it. And, oh my God, did you see blah, 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 eight. You absolutely eight people are doing top 10 dressed people at the na, 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 na. That's what you absolutely need to make that award show build that glam. So every nominee, that's the first step. Everyone who's nominated must be contacted an invitation must be sent and someone must be assigned to follow up. Hey, please just want to get confirmation that you're coming. Please want to make sure that you're coming. Is there something we can do to help? How many people are you coming? Oh, you're coming with an entourage of five. Unfortunately, we can give you three. Is that okay? Uh, the other two maybe we'll give you in general. Whatever the case is, you need to try and make sure that every single A-lister attends. If there's some people who are, who are causing a problem from not attending, you yourself as the big gun will need to call them directly and be like, listen, we need you to attend the Zimas. This is our vision. This is our plan. What, what can we do to make sure that you attend? Exactly. In some cases, you're going to you're gonna have to figure out what that is. So that's the first step. The second step is you need to make sure that there are several, there are multiple platforms covering you. So look, budget is tight and you can't afford uh, to get on ZBC maybe, or you can't afford to get on ZTN or 3KT, surely one of those three. You probably don't even have to pay, honestly. That but, but, I wonder, like, why would you have to pay? Um, yeah, because mm-hmm. you just give them the rights and then they'll sell ads against your yeah. your stream. Absolutely. Um. Now again, I don't. Maybe it was on one of those platforms, and I didn't see, but I, I'm not sure. But you need to make sure that it's on se- at least a couple of those. Heck, if the budget is not there or you fail to land any of those, stream live on Zim Celebs, bruh. I don't know. Figure something out like that where you actually have a platform that has a lot of people watching, and you can yeah. sort of build that glam anyway. Even I, I, if it, even if it's negative commentary. That's what you want because people are, are going to be like, oh, why is everyone talking bad about it? Let's see. What's going on? Okay. Oh, oh. Even, even if it's bad, it's still good engagement in this regard. And that's one of the things. But yes, continue there. Yeah. Another way to lock down your nominees, by the way, is to make sure that they are dressed. Lock down partnerships with uh, several uh, designers, mm-hmm. you know, clothing manufacturers, stores, whatever the case is. And say, we are inviting you to this show. No, 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 no. You've been, you'll be dressed by such and such designer. Please go so you can select your outfit and you can sit together with the, with the, with the stylist and they'll be able to give you the outfit that you want. Da, da, da. You know, you're sort of locking them in because number one, you're going to have a designer. Then you're going to have rehearsals. I cannot overemphasize for something like an awards show that's supposed to be glamorous, the importance of rehearsals. You, you yep. I've. Yeah, it's just it's you have to. It's it, you have it, to have it, a rehearsal. It's important, like and yeah, we'll end up going too long. I don't. I don't want to make it seem like we're digging, but yeah, not 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 only is the rehearsal for the event to come out good, but it's also another way to lock down the A listers and the nominees. And if you know the winners, oh, you better damn well make sure the winners. Unless you know, there's no possible way you got to make sure the winner is there. 
You know what I'm saying? It's, and it once again, looks you're not so reinventing bad. the wheel. You're reinvent. You're not reinventing yeah. the wheel. This is standard practice. Award shows know who the winners are. They might not overtly say yo, you're going to win this, but they'll be like, yo, we need you to attend because wink, wink, nudge, nudge. There's something here for you. The you glam factor is also that. really important. Yeah. The, like if, if you are really aiming for the glam and you want all those people who are hungry for attention to be there, seven arts won't work, man. It just, it won't work. Guys, Seven Arts is not the place. Please, can we stop? I've been to too many events by Seven Arts in the past six months. It's not, it's no, it's not good. I, I understand we are limited. All right, you know, options, but hey, it's not good. It's not good. So I don't want to sound too negative. I, they, I did see some potential. And honestly, I don't think it's that much that a few small, small fixes and we will have something that will grow next year and grow the following year. And at some point, it's something everyone's talking about and waiting for. The number one music awards ceremony in the country. Like, you know. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um, cool. Okay. So we were outside and uh, um, that is our report mm. on the Zimbabwe Music Awards. Um, shout mm. out to the people that I, work I, I managed to I managed to take Dan to the club for the first time in years. What a wow. So is it going to be the last time in year? Yo, things have changed, eh? I will. Yo. We're going Friday, my guy. We're going on Friday. What you talking about? Philip, you'll have to drag me kicking and screaming. Friday, we're going for a chilled ah. jazz evening. I've got an activation after that. Know. So we'll just go to the club. Hey, no, but did you not have a good time? Was it not a, was it not a good environment? No, there was no violence. No. We, just, we had a good time. We were close. Huh? Eh? We are close. What happened? Nothing. Can I tell you what my wife said? Uh, Afterwards, she was uh, like, "What is? But why were Phil and that lady just sitting and not talking to each other?" I was like, "Babes, it's 2023. People don't talk to each other anymore. They just be on their phone." Who's the oh oh Lady K? She was talking about K, yeah, obviously. So you well, know. once again, dude, we're in the club. The worst place to have any no, because when we left, is in the club. When we left, you guys were sitting and you were both on your phone. So I think uh, I was like, "Hey, I don't know, man. It's like you yeah. know." I mean, we, you know, we were like talking and anyway. <laughs> That's ah, awesome. man, things have changed. Shout out, to, shout, shout, out, shout out to Rex, man. <laughs> shout out to Rex. What, what do you think of uh, Lady K's um, accusations on, on Twitter that Harare DJs are uh, not doing well? I think... Lady K is sometimes boisterous, but if I, I wouldn't know. I haven't been, I haven't been outside like so, that. In so, minutes, so, so, so here's here, here's the thing. Um, Harare DJs, and unless it's a handful, and and literally by handful, I mean a handful. There's like probably five or six DJs who are getting paid decent amounts, especially now after the pandemic. But after now, after the pandemic, venues are offering $100 for the whole night sometimes. Mm. So, if you're being offered 100 150 200 bucks, if you're lucky, three top-tier acts, I'm not spilling all the beans today because I think it's also, sometimes people need to understand these things. Like, top-tier DJs in Zim are doing like 5 to 1.5, right? And that's if they got a bar split. So, run the numbers in your head. 
if you're going to the club or you're going to Jam Tree or any other of these spots, if these guys are, are getting a hundred bucks, they're not being paid well enough to DJ well enough. All the good DJs have left. Like, there's a reason why most of our DJs are leaving or have left or are in and out. Dan mentioned Rex earlier. Rex was in South Africa for a while. You know what I mean? There's a reason why T-Base and Toxic and even Ray are now in Dubai. It's because you know they're not being paid what they should be getting paid. So, A, already there. Why am I even inspired? Because now it's no longer an art form. It's now become commodified. It's just a job. I'm clocking and clocking out. I might as well just be an accountant. So I'm ticking a box. So you go to the, the, the lowest common denominator. The other thing is, because of all these factors, DJs are not incentivized to take risks because it's become this regressive thing where the crowd are used to only hearing songs that they know and they like, so they respond to them. And when they try and pull in new stuff, the crowd doesn't respond. Plus, most crowds, especially in Harare, unless you go to Mashwede, but for the most part, they're not, we're not a dancing people. You know what I mean? We want to be cool in the club. We want to just chill. You know what I'm saying? Just post up. You know what I'm saying? Be cool. And because of that, it's very hard for DJs to gauge what's working. So they're going to stick to what they know works. Not what they think works, what they know works. Mm-hmm. They're not going to experiment. When was the last time you heard like a brand, brand new song in the club? That club I mean, culture doesn't allow for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I'm talking like a song you Shazam and even Shazam is like, ah, dude, we don't know what this is. Yeah. You know what I that mean? That doesn't happen in Zim, I would imagine. And that kind of, that kind of, yeah, that kind of goes along with my theory. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Let me finish. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's essentially, I mean, in terms of skill wise, and that's another thing, like, um, and I had a, I had an interesting conversation with Night Freak about this a, a few months back on Twitter. When Night Freak was talking about, yo, DJs need to take themselves seriously. They need to have CDJs. And then he, and then I was like, yeah, but dude, no one has CDJs. And then he ran through a list and then he even mentioned my CDJs, but he didn't know. And I was like, yeah, that's funny. But for example, if DJs are to leave Zim, the standard for a dance DJ especially is you DJ on CDJs. CDJs are not common in the club. For the most part, Dan, you see a DJ going to the club with their own controller. Mm. That then shows the lack of investment that the club has in ensuring that their, their contractors or their business partners have what they need. Because that's like you getting a job and they're like, yo, bring your own laptop. But we're going to put all our software on your laptop. You know what I mean? It's, it's, that's already an issue there. So yeah, it it's already reduces the skills of our DJs and the quality of our DJs. And if I'm being paid a hundred bucks, that means I'm not having, I'm not spending money on iTunes. I'm not spending money on a DJ pool. I'm going to YouTube and ripping, which already diminishes the quality even more because now the sound quality isn't great. So like there's so many factors coming in from all these angles that are making our DJing and our arts worse. And it's really concerning because how are we going to be able to break up out of that? And it's like the only DJs that are making it internationally. Like you mentioned, it's, it's weird how well you time this, but like Night Freak is a perfect example because it's unique. Afrotech is unique. That sound is unique. It can also be grouped into the larger Afrotech sound that's happening in South Africa. But it also allows Night Freak to market himself as a DJ. It's very difficult for any other DJ to market themselves because all DJs, here's another thing, Dan. Dan, who's the R&B DJ of Zimbabwe? 
Like who's the who, who, who do you know like when you see them on the line you know oh that's going to be a fire R&B set. Uh, Robbie T. Hmm? Who's dropping that fire hip hop set? Like if I want to listen to the latest hip hop that's ring that, that, that the kids are vibing to that they're getting sturdy to who's that DJ you go to? Crims. Uh, no. <laughs> Well, actually, Crims, Crims does do hip-hop. Actually, yeah, you're fair. That's actually fair. Shout out to Crims. But for the most part, most of the DJs that we have have, have become open format DJs, which means they have to do dancehall, hip-hop, pop, maybe some dance, maybe, maybe some, definitely some mama piano and Afro beats. That might work in Zim because you have to be a master, a jack of all trade. But when you go international, you have to be a master of something. And that makes it very difficult for DJs here. So all these things are leading up to anyway. Rant over. Carry on, Dan. What do you want to say? So I was gonna, I was, I was gonna give my theory, but I mean, I haven't been outside like that, so I can't know for sure that's what the case is. But I would like to think that the the situation is we are blaming the DJs, but I wonder if it's not the audiences. Um, and it's kind of partly what you said as well that I mean. You know, because we are not dancing, we're not really the the culture in, in Harare at least. I know it's different in Buloeo. In Harare at least, the culture really isn't a dance. The DJ doesn't know what you like, so they're gonna play what they know you like. And I think it, it's kind of unfair to say like, "Yo, why aren't DJs playing the latest Zim hip hop, bro?" The DJ is not here to introduce new hip hop. The DJ is here to entertain the audience. If the audience is entertained by new hip hop, then the DJ should play it. But if they are not, then why would they make themselves look bad to the audience? So I would imagine that a lot of what's happening is the Zimbabwean audience, unfortunately, is not sophisticated enough to move past all I do is win. I think that a lot of the people that are there in the WAB, in the Bauer, because the people with the monies to go to the WAB are the people who are popping when all I do is win was was on. You actually actually touched on another thing. Is The other thing is because... The DJs actually aren't making the bulk of their money from the booking. They're making the bulk of the money from the mbingas. Yeah. So the mbingas determine the playlist. If the mbinga comes in, is like, Blas, Draja, Praise, here's $100. Guess what you're going to hear in the club? Yeah, but it gets deeper than that because the mbinga is there for the deijis or has brought his deijis. So the mbinga wants the deijis to be happy. So you have to play what makes the deijis happy. You know what I'm saying? It, it depends what level of mbinga yeah, because it's... Uh... You clearly haven't anyway, been to the club anyway, in a while, Dan. Ah, you haven't been to the club in a while, Dan. I need to. These are things I need to introduce you to and show you. There are realities no, no, on I'm the good. ground. No, I'm alright. I'm alright. Thanks. I. By the hey, way, let's just pop in. The big, big Friday is going to be. Friday is going to be nice. It's going to be Zulu's birthday. It's going to be Takura. We get to hang with Takura. We get, we can hang with Vaults. We can hmm. hang with with Denim. It'll be nice. Touch the streets. And we, we then, by then, we, then, we, then we go to Japrez, Auntie. Yeah, very nice. Uh, Japrez no, Japrez is Kama. Jabba's a, no, I'm going to, I'm, I'll be at that one. But we can go to, that'll um, be great. I, I can't wait to hear like, then. This, this is the plan. Like. Are you guys ready? We're about to turn up. If you lunch, my mom, follow me. <laughs> Mind you, it will be packed in there. Anyway, um, <laughs> look at, at the Zimas. I forgot to mention some of the big winners. Song of the Year went to Akumanave Drip by Freeman, which is surprising. 
Is that right? Is that was that the song of the year? Bakumana we drip. Sure. Was it not? Was it not? Um, was it not fire thing? emoji? What's happening here? <laughs> well, fire emoji was best hip hop. Fire emoji was best hip hop. Anyway, best male artist went to Freeman. Best female went to Felinandi. Uh, let me see. Best album: David and Goliath. Freeman. Best Zim Dancehall. Freeman. Uh, best Afro pop, Afro fusion. Aishan. Best hip hop. Saint Flow. Uh, best collaboration: Fire Emoji. The remix. Uh, let me see. Nyasha Timbe won Best R&B and Soul. Really? Hmm. Shout out to Nyasha Timbe, an alumni of one of our workshops with the music music industry in Kibera. Shout out to him. You see? Shout out, shout out to Nyasha Timbe. Nyasha Timbe produced Makuruan, the latest um, Natio and uh, Volts JT song. Hmm. Um, best Dance House Amapiano Kwaito EDM went to Leslie Campila. Best music video, Janet Manoa. Cool. Best diaspora. Hey, best diaspora. It's Dr. Chai. Hey, my um, Sazita. Yeah, and producer of the year went to a ski. All right, Philip, let's play some music and get out of here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What else is, is there anything else burning a bee in your bonnet, Dan? Hmm. There, there is not. There is not. Uh, I actually want to get out of here. My, my wife is poking her head over here saying, Alpha. Um, I haven't watched the Little Mermaid. When are we watching the Little Mermaid film? Uh, yeah, we need to. Well, I Dan, are, are we going to start with the racists and boycott Little Mermaid? Because right now they boycott it in China, dog. And we got to do better than that. We got to support our queen. Come on, dog. Let's go watch yeah, it. Let, but also, that's that, to me, just reminded me of like that's why I I don't I hate the the term people of color. This is why because. Sometimes, <laughs> some, sometimes even with people like color, we still niggers. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Speaking of Doctor Chai, he's got a new song called uh, MC Hammer. I don't know why we why didn't we play it last week, Phil? I don't know. Let's, let's break uh, it down. Check it out. MC Hammer by Doctor Chai, brand spanking new. Touch these. I mean, I don't. I feel like this is not a listen to while introspecting on life song, obviously. But I mean, you know, I feel like this would this would pop off in the arena. 
Uh, there's a new K Chaps, which is more the introspective one. It's called Jukurwadza. Mm. Fabi, you just had a baby. Why are you so sad? I'm tired, I can't fall asleep Thinking about everything They're telling me I need some church on a Sunday But damn, I got places to be And choke what he has to believe Sometimes I just wanna quit Losing my head every minute to life Or be the man I wanna be I know, Dino Manya Manya Didi Wenyasha Kasi It's getting dark It's getting dark I know, Didi Fighter Baba And I'll make it out I'm gonna continue, but I need you to know. Continue, Zikur, what? And it's good, and I say, I don't break. Zikur, what? And it's good, and I swear, I don't break. I hear you just had a kid. My coro coto was sweet. Just know I could, I'm gonna add my papa, my maja good, I said, a fit. Look, it's quite, quite emotional, quite moving. Ketchup says, Jikurwadza is for people who are genuinely going through things, people who are willing to fight, and people who understand that the first step to making it out is admitting that you're not okay. So, for all Zimbabweans. Yeah, and then there's this, there's this uh, song that our producer put on here by Julian King uh, featuring St. Flo one by one. I like St. Flo's bit. I heard it last week. I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't. Yeah, Julian King's part was like, it's like, it's like normal. But I liked St. Flo's uh, like part of mm. the song. But overall, yeah, I wasn't, I'm not super feeling the song as well. You got anything? <clears throat> yeah, I got something in play with. Um, Shona SA was in the country last week um, for the Hidden Culture event. Touch base with him. Good vibes. Good, good people. He just dropped a new single. Um, called Shona Minds, so we can play that on our way out. So yeah, man, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Um, sorry guys, I know things have ever haven't been uh, the smoothest recently. Dan and I are very busy right now, but please be patient as we we deal with it. We're doing our best, but trust and believe. On the other side of this, there shall be there shall be a lot. There's, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff in the coal burners, as as they say. So. Yes, just be patient with us as we we deal with that. But thank you, thank you so much to our patrons who's been supporting us. Um, yeah, if you too can become a patron, just head on over to twoburgtumors.com forward slash donate, or just search for twoburgtumors on Patreon. Or if if you want, you can even if you go to the our bio, there's a link there. If you click that link, there's a thing right at the top that says support the podcast. Just ah, at that. You can give us a one time donation, or be a patron, and you can join our group. Um, yeah. Just a reminder, the group is only for Patreons. Quick story. Um, so this week I met two senior government officials separately. Mm. Um, nature of the job and all of that. So at the first meeting, it happened to be at a Chop Chop, the restaurant. And uh, part of the entourage included... Uh, I, I think it's the brother of a minister. 
Mm-hmm. So we're discussing our business, na 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 na, and then we eat, and then this brother says, "So how's two broke tumbos?" I'm like, "Do you know it's like so wild that <laughs> that this came up here?" I was like, "Oh, it's good." He's like, "Yo, man, I was listening to the way you guys handled the AKA thing, the whole bet. Like at the beginning, you gave this disclaimer that we understand he was he was flawed and he's not perfect, and if this is something that you don't want to listen to, tune out now." I'm, I just think you guys handled it so well. I just want to give you a props for that. I'm like, uh, thanks. And the minister's like, what are you guys talking about? I'm like, nothing, nothing, nothing. Oh, good. Nothing over you here. should look into. Thanks. Nothing you should look for into. No, there's nothing to see over here. No. <laughs> Phil, I was shook. <laughs> nah, Dan. Hey, man. Got some, shout out to we've you. Got some, we've got some big listeners, Dan. I, I've, I've, been, I've been in conversations with, with other government officials from other governments. Like, that's what I was telling Dan. I was like, yo, Dan, do you know we're in syllabus and undergraduate's degree? And he was like, you're lying. And I showed mm. him. I still can't believe that. Guys, there are people who have been Listen, educated on us, Dan. Let me, let me tell you guys something. If you are listening to Two Broke Trimbos and you have powerful people in your vicinity, keep it to yourself, my man. You know what I mean? We don't want, you know, we don't want... No, nah, I'm kidding. I mean, you know, we, we, we try to be fair and objective and balanced and all of that on this podcast. So shout out to y'all. Mm. Shout out to everyone who's listening. Uh, I know I sometimes forget because I keep saying when I meet people, I'm going to shout out on the next podcast and I forget. But yeah, shout out to you. Yeah. Out to you guys. I, I, met, I, I met some listeners at the, at, at the, the Zimas and then I also met um, at the um, Kandora show. Uh, sh- shout out to Kashai who also attended. I don't even gave him a shout out last week. But yeah, we, we attended Kandora show with some some podcast listeners and then we had some tickets available for this, but no one took us up with the offer. But pretty much, I, th- I think we're, we're going to try to do that more often. Like, make it like a benefit for patrons. Like, whenever we get to attend an event or something like that, let us know. Yeah, I think that'll be a fun little thing. Just to add in a little value add. Yeah. And in fact, uh, shout out to our patrons. We've had some great conversations post last week's podcast, including the news that Taylor Swift and Matt Healy broke up, allegedly. Uh, and mm. then it became allegedly they never actually dated. They were just having fun. What the heck, guys? Calm down. We talked about Apple's oh, event. Uh, it was good conversations. Good conversations in there. Uh, the mm. Tina Turner conversation. Yeah. So uh, if you also would like to be a Two Broke Tumbles Patreon uh, subscriber, all you got to do is go to twobroketumbles.com forward slash donate or just search for Two Broke Tumbles on Patreon. Uh, we accept a minimum of $5 per month for you to be considered a Patreon subscriber. We will add you to the group. That's some good benefits there. You'll be able to have discussions with us along with the other Patreon uh, members. You get exclusive benefits, like Phil said. We sometimes have tickets to events and uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, but really, the main benefit is just the knowledge that you're supporting your favorite podcast. So we would greatly appreciate it. Otherwise, if you're unable to afford it, it's okay. Save up your money. Save up your ducats. Um, and then uh, in the future, you can do so. But for now, what you can do is like, subscribe, retweet, comment. Please drop a comment on whatever podcast app you use. Hit us up on the Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, it would be much appreciated. Yeah. If you have any thoughts on some of the discussions we're having, uh, we would also like to hear them. Uh, you can also drop them through on the socials. Yeah. Thanks very much, guys. What are we signing up with, uh, Phil? You said it's a, a song by who? Who did you say was in the country? Sh- Shona S.A. featuring okay. the Planetoids and Namusta. All right. So in uh, that case, that marks the end of this uh, particular podcast. We out. <laughs>
do you 